Allie G gets a show. John Cusack invents the listicle. And the highest grossing independent movie in the country also stars the Ninja Turtles. This week on 302010. Welcome to 302010, everybody. The Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine. Every single week taking you back three decades back in time. 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Get it? We're talking to you from a single week, which right now is March 27th through April 2nd. We're talking about every significant uh, release that happened in that window. A little bit of news, movies, television, video games, music, and a little bit more. Everything that came out in that one week period across three decades high. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? I'm Diana Goodman, and I will release the Kraken. Ooh. <laughs> That's my audition. I like it. That's I like my it. reel. I like it. You, and... you gave it time to live. Yeah, it's you. me, Sarah, and I'll tell you why I got married, too. Two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to 302010, uh, a, a wonderful show on the Laser Time Network. I do encourage you to listen to Laser Time this week, which is about uh, lost media, which is a really fun thing to research and find sound clips for. God damn you, Jerry Lewis. Diana knows what I'm talking about. Uh, mm. but, <laughs> but I do want to say this show is brought to you by uh, Jason Walsh and many other fine executive producers at patreon.com slash laser time. You will not only be getting a new episode of 302010 Games Edition, you will not only be getting a, a bona fide coronavirus podcast spectacular uh, with, uh, with Sammy. We've, uh, we're, we've soft launched our new series, Sick of Star Wars, exclusively for patrons at the $5 level, patreon.com slash laser time. It's a fun way to support your favorite podcast network, and if you like bitching about Star Wars, oh boy, did we find the perfect mechanism. Podcasting. We're trying to make it different than anything you've ever heard before, but if you don't like that, yeah, we can also go in-depth about the games with the boys for Video Game Apocalypse out for every Friday on the Laser Time Network. Patreon.com slash Laser Time. We are 90% listener supported. Thank you guys so much. That was like the, a plug for everything. I feel good about that one. Is it, is it okay if we it's get over the show? <laughs> uh, obviously, we're all recording remotely. Given uh, what's going on, but uh, let's go back to 1990 before we were all uh, by law forced to stay in our homes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> March 27th, April 2nd of 1990, a little bit of news. The U.S. begins broadcasting radio and TV, uh, TV Marty to Cuba. Mm-hmm. What's TV Marty? Ooh. Is that the, like the FM uh, Towns Marty? No, dumb it's question. TV Marty. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I didn't put an accent in mm-hmm. there. Uh, that's like... The, you know, pro-capitalist, anti-Castro broadcast to Cuba that Cuba pretty much blocks and we just keep throwing money at it. But, like, almost nobody can hear it. Really? Yeah. To this day? Radio Televisión Martí. Still there? Still there. Yep. Uh, Broadcast out of Miami by the U.S. Agency for Global Media. So transmitting news to Cuba. Wow. Which they may or may not be hearing. Probably not. Man. Just uh, Why not? Yeah, fun times. Russians found a way to do that to us, and all it required was a little bit of money. Anyway, uh, yep. Estonia on the 30th declares independence from the USSR, speaking of oh, Russia. Man. <laughs> uh, good on you, Estonia. not having a great time. Yeah, united my ass. Everybody's fleeing. Mm. Yep. And a lot like Lithuania, it seems like the Soviets just kind of said, no, you don't. And they were like, do something. Yeah. And they Sort of did next year when we get into the, you know, coup and stuff that happened in the USSR, but it, it just all came to nothing. Estonia is pretty much independent from this point. Hmm. 
Yay! Yay! Good Yay. for you, Estonia. And on the thirty-first, two uh, hundred thousand Brits protesting the new uh, poll tax becomes the second Battle of Trafalgar, a riot where four hundred and seventy-one are injured and uh, three hundred and forty-one are arrested. The poll tax was abandoned for the uh, council tax. Uh, two years later, you're gonna have to explain some of that to me, Diana. I mean, I got some of it for the oh. listeners. Well. Diving into it is it was sort of complicated, mm-hmm. but um, it was one of these things that Thatcher. This was like her baby. She always wanted to do this, and we're going to get rid of this tax that focuses on homeowners. Which then, you know, if you own a rental property, is passed on to the tenants, and we're just going to make it a people tax, not a tax on properties. Hmm. And uh, there's an awful lot of people that were like, "Fuck you! Why should you do th-? no? Yeah, no, but- you should not be taxing me, a renter with five roommates, at the same rate as the guy who owns our eight-unit building." Fuck you is my name. Yes, and, <laughs> and then they uh, all threw their roommates into the river yeah. to protest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so it became a whole thing, and you know, it's like two hundred thousand people packed into Trafalgar Square, which, like, I. Don't know. They must have spilled off all over. I mean, all the way down to Parliament and everything. And uh, it became a riot. And a whole bunch of people were arrested and a whole bunch of people were injured. And they did institute the poll tax, but abandoned it like within two years for the council tax, which is what they have now, which is pretty much... Back to we tax the building, not the people. Thank God we have the internet. Good so fucking you, job. You can see how unpopular such a measure would be before instituting it. Holy mm. shit. Uh, and all right, we'll move on to the movies of 1990. This is a weird. Also, fuck Thatcher. Fuck Thatcher, yes. I yeah, read cool. Alan Moore Hard comics to say. too. March 27th through April 2nd. Movies of 1990. Don't get confused. This is Cerno de Bergerac. Am I saying that right? Uh, Gerard Depardieu, uh, Anne Brochet, uh, Vincent Perez, and uh, I'm going to say a French version of Roxanne. <laughs> okay. Diana's mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm going to say this is the best version of this. Really? And this is a story that's been filmed a whole bunch of times. This is 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Really? Ooh, la la. We do not talk about a lot of movies with 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. No shit. Yeah, it is. Besides it, it's... Gerard Depardieu never it's another one of those guys that like never quite could he can't act in English the way he can act in his native language and mm-hmm. he's so good in this and they the original play is written kind of in verse and they keep that here in the English translation which is by Anthony Burgess who wrote A Clockwork Orange huh. okay huh. Um, it kind of keeps some of that so in even in English it's more poetic than just you know a play huh. and it's really good Oh, okay. Does Gerard Depardieu yeah. hit Kevin Nealon with a tennis racket? Yes. Okay, so then I don't have to get rid of Roxanne. <laughs> uh, that Roxanne like, is an adaptation know, of the same story, people. You know, it gets that it's the parts of it are fun and a lot of parts of it are sad, and you know, it's just yeah, it's just really fucking good. It's probably the best version. Did you did you mention an adaptation of this last week? Did we have one of those? We did. We mm. had that uh, that one with James Franco and <laughs> right. What's her name? Yeah, that's right. That was like vaguely loosely the idea of, you know, someone helping someone else. The idea of an mm-hmm. ugly, po- an ugly, graceful, verbally graceful man helping out a pretty dumb guy woo a woman. Right. Uh, yes. it, I don't know if that works in reverse. Dude, this girl, her fucking do the words are so good. <laughs> <laughs> you should have heard her. The way she complimented me. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> we have... Such a bizarre array of movies this week. <laughs> truly, truly. 1990, we have a lot of them, and each one is just weird on its own. Yeah, 
I, no there one told me like, there was a movie in the world that starred Eric Roberts and Red Buttons, but here we are. <laughs> uh, also yeah. with James Earl Jones, Megan Gallagher, Janine Turner, The Ambulance. A killer is loose in New York City. Somebody call an ambulance, okay? Will you look at this computer printout, all on missing persons reports in the last two weeks? This is from What exactly do you think happened? I don't know. Did you do something to that girl yourself? You one of those psychopaths who kills girls and goes to the police to tell stories? Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Dude, yeah. this is what the... One of those this, psychopaths. We all know them. You got to see this trailer. This is the best leading man mullet I've seen since they live. Like, the, oh, the wow. hairstyle Eric Roberts mm. is rocking is gorgeous. Gorgeous. It's, it's something. Uh, yeah, so this is a Larry Cohen joint, so it's... Um, Wonderful. Exploitation, mm-hmm. but wonderfully dumb, but... Bad. but it's fun and that yeah it's about um a serial killer who's, who just picks up his victims in an ambulance <laughs> hmm, that's handy and, and it's like how would you know not to get in that ambulance and then uh eric roberts you know like his this woman he meets is abducted and so he's trying to figure it out but he becomes the main suspect and then stanley shows up in his first feature film appearance Ooh, no shit what? and he didn't read because <laughs> wait St- i'm sorry stan lee ambulance- not not stanley <laughs> I heard oh. Stanley like flat Stanley. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. So an ambulance comes and just picks people up randomly. Like, why would anyone no. get into an ambulance? No, if someone gets injured and you call the ambulance and this ambulance shows up. Oh, oh, so they're like hacked into the like ambulance phone call center, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, they never get to the hospital, and the hospital's like, "We don't have a record of that person. What are you talking about?" And everyone's like, "But the ambulance fucking took her away. What did you do that?" Okay, yep. that's quite terrifying, actually. Yeah, it's kind of spooky of like, yeah. you know, like a crazy cab driver. You don't know who the crazy ambulance guy is. Yeah. You trust them to not murder you. I love this 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 Scream Factory synopsis I'm reading. That How do you think we'd know of Eric Roberts' body of work? It's like Eric Roberts, parenthetical of the Dark Knight and Human Centipede 3. I'm like, man, oh. I, didn't, I didn't know that okay. cast had any crossover. Oh. <laughs> Eric Roberts, you are you are so much better than your sister. Um, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also out, I can't remember if I've seen this, Wild Orchid with Mickey Rourke, Carrie Otis, and Jacqueline Bissett. Ooh. In the heat of Brazil, she invites his passion. We all have to lose ourselves sometimes find ourselves don't you think in a moment of desire she touches his soul Mickey Rourke Jacqueline Bissett Bissett and introducing Carrie Otis Wild Orchid man how many Mickey Rourke movies feature him like nakedly kissing someone from behind I can think of three Wow. This was a Skinamax staple back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, yep. even if the trailer footage some... has, has to like beat around all the nudity that's clearly on display. Yeah. Well, it's our buddy Zolman King who did Red Shoe Diaries Ooh. in Nine and a Half Weeks. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yes. So that makes a lot of sense. Going to be just a lot of sweaty nudity and maybe some longing looks and then more sweaty nudity. Cool. And uh, yeah, it stars uh, Mickey Rourke and his future wife, Carrie Otis, who later wrote a book about how he abused her. So, (gasps) are we talking about the same Mickey Rourke? The guy who who drove around in a gold plated Rolls Royce? He really did that and doesn't rap. That's (laughs) wild. It's true. (laughs) 
Um, oh man, this this I remember wanting to see so bad. My parents were like, I'm yeah, not no. going to see this shit. No, let's uh, get into a bunch <laughs> of movies that should not exist. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I want to... Never mind. Uh, Doris Hare, Janet Suzman, uh, Camille Cordery, whatever. Robbie Coltrane and Eric Idle in Nuns on the Run. I wonder what this movie's about. In the tradition of Monty Python... Hold it! Don't shoot! Why not? Because it's wrong! ...comes the first must-see comedy of the year. What's that? A nun? It's a wee bit naughty and a whole lot of fun. Father Seamus can't keep his hands to himself. That's disgusting. Should be flattered. Give me a second glance. It's wacky and outrageous, like a fish called Wanda. Wait, you see straight. Eric I, nuns on the run. Dude, they are really trying to play into this Monty Python shit. Mm-hmm. And like, dude, all you For have is real. Eric Idle. He didn't. No one from Monty Python wrote this. Nope. There's no other cast members in it. It's just English. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So uh, nuns on the run. It's some like it hot, but they hide in a nunnery instead of a uh, band. That sounds a little so less it's... sexy. So well, it's not like it hot meets sister act. Yes, it is. It is dude's sister act. That's Whoa. exactly what it is. Nice. And it, it's so much of it is based on you think it's funny for nuns to do basically anything. Hmm. It's funny because they're nuns and they're dudes. And those nuns are funny because they're nuns. <laughs> and I just see a Roger Ebert quote. Why do filmmakers so often insist that nuns are funny? <laughs> and I do have to say that I went to Catholic school, and I can tell you they are not funny. Yeah, my dad, my dad had like I don't know. I had a tough day at school. He's like, oh yeah, I remember the third grade. We got the shit kicked out of us by nuns. Like, okay, it wasn't that bad. Uh, yeah, I, that's probably it. Has a little bit to do with that Catholic school. Uh, and oh my god, the movie I did race to go see. Holy oh, shit, no. this sucks. James Tolkien. What? It's got to be pronounced differently. Uh, Julia Campbell, Todd Craffin, uh, patron saint of Laser Time, Robert Loja, and Dana Carvey in his first film, Opportunity Knox. Eddie Farrell made money the old-fashioned way. Hello! Greetings! My name is Douglas! He stole it. I want my money back. Now, he stumbled into an opportunity. What do you want? One? Two or three? That could change his life. I can't believe I'm falling in love with Harvard man. Saturday Night Live's Dana Carvey in Opportunity Knox. American made, good for the economy. There, that was a little (laughs) glimpse of the standout scene of he's a con man and he's trying to sell hand blowers. So he waits for what these important business people to go take a shit at a baseball game and does brings in fake Secret Service people and does his. Really nowhere near President H.W. Bush impression. <laughs> and, and, and the president loves these hand-blowy things. We must invest further in these. It's it's such a ridiculous what? premise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. He, uh, yeah, he, uh, his, Look, his impression saves the business. It's an excuse for him to do little impressions. Yes. The whole movie. The whole oh, movie. Man. It's like a just, bad, a much worse Fletch. And it, I everyone, say, just wait till the aughts and see Master in Disguise. <laughs> Why? Yeah. That's all so bad. But that's, that's what, exactly. that's what, what is fucking infuriating. There are f- if if you had to ask me right now who the best cast member on SNL ever was, it is Dana Carvey. And it it blows my mind how much he sucks in everything else. <laughs> His stand up is pretty wonderful. Like him as a talk show guest. There are very few people like like Robin Williams, Martin Short, Norm Macdonald, I'll I'll tune into any Dana Carvey talk show appearance mm-hmm. and podcast appearance which he's now doing and making me very happy, but like dude I don't know. I wish that guy would maybe like write his own shit because the Dana Carvey show is all you have to know like what Dana Carvey's done outside of SNL and all it is is a dirtier SNL. 
that aired inappropriately before Home Improvement. But yeah, this movie fucking blows. And I remember thinking that like yeah. in the theater. I love Dana Carvey so much, and this movie sucks. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Such a tragedy. And, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and it never, ever got better as far as Dana Carvey movies go. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't see this. No one, and, and a lot of people didn't. That was, nope. the, that was the scene everybody was talking about because he was at the time most famous for his impression of the president. And he actually found a way to work it into the movie. Um, and si- next we have Side Out. <laughs> um, oh my God. With- this movie exists, warms my heart in a way I can't quite explain. Really, it's- just the idea of like, let's ha- like the, the weakest hook to hang a movie on. You know that scene in a that. You know, why don't we take the gayest scene from Top Gun and turn it into its own? Is this about volleyball? I don't even know. This is about beach volleyball, and you know what? <laughs> they use the exact same song in the freaking commercial as in that scene. In Hanging Top with Gun. the boys, of course. Playing <laughs> with the boys <laughs> but is it, what it is called because it is gay. Even though it does have Chairman of the B O R E D star Courtney Thorne Smith and Peter Horton and C Th- Soul Man famed C Thomas Howell. I love you, wow. Pony Boy. Side out. Trying to evict Zachary Barnes? The bottom line is you're an undesirable tenant. You're not much fun either. He is the original King of the Beach. And he soon discovered it was more fun to play a different game. I'm talking about bump, sex, spike, chicks, bruise, everything. Yes! This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And then it's a whole pile of bikini babes. <laughs> Sounds That's great. It. It's like the whole rest of the head is bikini babes and occasionally, oh, they're playing in a volleyball tournament? Yeah, but it's bikini babes, but it's that really unsettling kind of bikini where like the sides of the thong go up to their armpits. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. care for that at Very all. Very cool. Totally back in style, by the way, now. Is it? I don't like it. I have no. to imagine that was no. to, to enhance the... Never mind. Um, but <laughs> but this is the perfect movie, though, to come out in the middle of March. Mm. It's still cold. Everyone's sick of wintertime. They just want to see some hot bods on the beach. Yeah. Why don't this I spike it right time. in this girl's back who's lying topless sunbathing? <laughs> oh, no. I bet that happens somewhere in the movie. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> Side out. Yeah, so I, I can't believe I they, can't believe beach volleyball got its rocky. That's fucking. Are dumb. they competing to save the beach community center? It What's sounded happening? like they were evicting the beach volleyball team. Well, that's the thing. Is C. Thomas Howell is a square who I think is a lawyer, or he works for a lawyer, and then he meets up with, as they say in the ad, thirty somethings Peter Horton who basically ah. convinces him having a job sucks. You should hang out on the beach all day and get melanoma and look at chicks. <laughs> and then they do the end. Yeah. Having jobs are what our parents did, man. <laughs> Yay. <When>, the eighties. <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> uh, this is what it's just such a, it's, it's, it's this movie exists. Yeah. Is there a men's beach volleyball movie? Yes. Yes, there is. All right, check out uh, the list. And moving on to the, the biggest show in town, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love how Diana listed the cast. <laughs> Judith Hogue, Elias Cortez, Raphael, Michelangelo, Donatello, Leonardo, and of course, <laughs> Elmo's Kevin Clash. Um, <laughs> it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. They're young. Yay! They're cool. Excellent! They're amphibious. 
America's most radical superheroes are now a real live movie. A fellow checker, eh? <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Rated PG. Lean, green, and on the screen, March 30th. Oh, I feel so good. How many times have you guys <laughs> seen this movie? Yeah. Mm. So we watched this movie um this weekend you I didn't did get all of it Ugh. yeah because it had been so long since i had seen it first of all it's on netflix everyone mm-hmm. you're welcome it had been so long since i've seen it that it gave me like the nostalgia chills so hard it <laughs> i i watched this so much as a little kid you did okay i was expecting yeah. to like shit all over it no awesome. no i have great nostalgia for it also I definitely had a crush on the the turtles. Yeah, which one? I was definitely I don't remember, but I was definitely probably attracted to all of them, let's be honest. Uh, the the Corey mm. Feldman voice Donatello, I thought that was a little weird like, dude, that's the perfect Michelangelo. Like what are you doing? Donatello's the smart one. You don't give him the Corey Feldman voice. And the turtles themselves were all uh people in suits. And if you listen to the first episode of sick of star wars we were talking about it's something we talked about here as well like without the internet a lot of times you discover a movie exists from seeing a trailer in the theater and seeing that this movie was a thing i learned about it from a trailer to another movie that i don't even remember anymore i was mm-hmm. inconsolable when i'm like there's a live action ninja turtles movies i remember running to school like dude dudes guys and we're knocking over all the ninja turtle shit like there's a ninja turtles movie like no there's not like yeah there is <laughs> what does it look like i can't tell you like do you remember the garbage pail kids movie <laughs> it's so fucking weird but i didn't know it was a it was a product of jim henson's creature shop and it, no. it, it leads to one of my favorite images in the world. One of the last images Jim Henson took is next to the turtles uh, that he created for this film. And that was made by a scrappy little studio, uh, New Line Cinema. Nobody had faith in this thing. Nobody wanted to make it happen. And all these little companies that don't exist anymore banded together to end up putting it out. The home video is from like family home video entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's just so weird that no studio, no major studio is behind this. And it trounced everything and i'm happy to report not only if you're a patron patreon.com slash laser time you can hear that sick of star wars we have a full-length commentary to it and i i have described laser time as a venture that is built to cross-check nostalgia and this holds up pretty well it's actually mm-hmm. kind of bizarre it does yeah i was i was really pretty impressed with it honestly yeah i, I think um, due to budgetary restrictions they're like we cannot shoot this in New York on these giant sets or even an approximation. We need to send them into the woods. And so it's, it's, it's kind of this sad movie <laughs> that's, mm. that, that is emotionally effective. Cause when the turtles have to, when Splinter is gone, which is it's, it's Elmo. I love saying that that is, that is Elmo uh, as Splinter. They have to hide out in the, in the woods mm-hmm. and the turtles are really sad. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. It gives it like this, this real touch. Most animated movies couldn't approach. Yeah, and I, I, I get a kick out of this every time I see it. And for me, I'm sure we could have a big argument about it, but we've been talking about, Diana, like, what is the last movie, the 80s, to end up in the 90s? Mm-hmm. This feels much more like a 90s movie than an 80s movie to me. Up to and including the yeah. song you heard in the trailer, which is track number one on the soundtrack, MC Hammer's This Is How We Do. Uh, this is what we do, excuse me. That soundtrack was so fucking banging. I was in a claymation <laughs> class <laughs> that summer. Every kid made a song using the Ninja Turtle soundtrack. Everybody oh, wow. had the soundtrack. 
this thing fucking rules. Yeah, I, I mean, the whole phenomenon is pretty great. Impressive. Just it's so weird, and it's the kind of thing. It's like this. This missed me. My little brother was super into it, but this missed me because I I am so fancy and mature. <laughs> but it it is kind of impressive that they didn't just make like a big animated movie. Mm-hmm. That they went mm-hmm. with live action, which is just a lot harder because you've got these giant guys in suits and all the, like the animatronics in their heads and stuff. And I well, love, I love seeing the occasional picture. Oh of, my like, God. Stills yeah. where you can see the guy's face. You can their see mouth. their eyeballs yeah. through their mouths. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. I forgot about that. Yeah. That, that um, shit is so awesome. And, and just that, yeah, you, you have yeah, like Ernie Ray's and like other martial arts, uh, talented actors inside of these suits that are then being puppeteered by Muppeteers. It's pretty astonishing. Yeah. Honestly. Um, and I, and I, I mean, would, has anything else really been made like this? Not, not that I'm aware of. Especially not like a in terms of like a. a I think we talked about like you know there've been live action adaptations of shit like Blondie, but like mm-hmm. no one had, without CG, no one really had embarked on anything like this. Like that. Yeah, I mean, really, I'm just trying to think of like another major motion picture that has people in like basically theme park like yeah. suits. Doing this, mm-hmm. and all I can think of is Chewbacca from Star Wars, or, or like Harry and the Hendersons. But they're they're yeah, never they're yeah. never the leads, and the four leads are things right. in suits. Right. Even Godzilla's leads are human beings because right. he can't be around these suits all the time. But no, the turtles are on screen the whole fucking time. And I, I, yeah. I as a big turtles fan, I get it. The cartoons they are what they are, products of 1987 oh. built to sell plastic. Dinosaurs, the television program. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, Dinosaurs, ah. the television program, also from Jim Henson's Creature Shop. Of course. Uh, using the remote mouth technology. Yeah. And I, yeah, I believe the story was the guy, the guy uh, John, John Pius, he was playing Raphael and doing the temporary voice work and like, we just like him too much. So they didn't replace the voice. That's, oh, cool. That he's the only turtle <laughs> who's like the performer inside the suit. Um, I have a dumb question, though. What's that? Where... Where did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles originate? Was comic it books. first a comic book, or it was a it was a parody. It was like a kind of a a dark, pretty violent parody of a shit. I'm trying to remember exactly what comic, uh, but yeah, from 1984, and somebody took a real chance of them in terms of like licensing it and turning it into a kids' property because the comic book yeah. isn't very isn't as kid friendly as you would think. I would I won't mm-hmm. say it's like super violent or anything, mm-hmm. but like the comic. I'm saying as a ninja, giant Ninja Turtles fan, cross-checking nostalgia, the, the comic, the original comics by Eastman and Laird, and this movie hold up the best out of like all the Ninja Turtles minutia. And, mm. and that, the new Turtles is still pretty good, but let's see what it looks like in ten years. You know, this movie is still really fun and approachable yeah. and not embarrassing. And it, I'm shocked. It's just still, I mean, not embarrassing, but it's a kids' movie. Yeah, it's oh, not for like, sure. Oh, you, you don't know, like the scene where Raphael I'm, walks into the movie theater and damn. Damn! It's the only curse word he's allowed to say. Damn! It blew my mind as a kid to see Raphael say damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it, it's for little kids. This isn't one... Sorry, it's no How to Train Your Dragon, you know, with me Ooh. going off on how in, how enjoyable that is for adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for nostalgia, I don't know if there's much for grown-ups here. Well, the, no, the first appearance I from agree. Sam Rockwell... <laughs> that's true movie. that's true sam rockwell popping up good for him but i just i think it just really looks really good still which yeah. is was ha- yeah. i was happy to see and really nails like 
almost the sort of, you know, we we talked about Batman last year. Yeah. Kind of nails that like New York dirtiness. Yeah. Um in a way that still looks pretty grid. That that pre Giuliani like, yeah, New York's kind of a scary place and yeah. having having superheroes that live underground, street level superheroes isn't a bad idea. Right. Uh and and I what I also love more is there's been a ton of uh, um, oral histories of this since then. Like a lot of people still uh, – most people are still alive who worked on the project. But Steve Barron, I was like, who's that guy? What had he done before? Most notably, the music video for AHA's Take On Me. <gasps> and this is his cool. – his, You mean one of the best videos ever? Yes. Visu- yeah. One of the most interesting visual – visually interesting music videos of all time. This is his feature-length debut as a director. And I don't know that he went, to, went on to do much more because – I do remember like a smugness from adults. Like this was, this wasn't welcome in the in the in the world of adults. And I guess that's acceptable. But like, I still think it it's such a cut above a fucking live action adaptation of basically a t- cartoon and a toy. It's mm-hmm. it's so much better than that. Think of the fucking Flintstones movie. That shit is stupid <laughs> and embarrassing. But uh, yeah, this 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 grossed outgrossed pretty much everything for a really long time and became one of the best-selling VHSs ever. Yep. And we were also talking about that in the Phantom Menace one. It's one of those VHSs with mandatory commercials in the beginning that you just sort of associate with the movie at this point. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I know I know some YouTuber had a, had a Pizza Hut coupon in his VHS copy of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and he went there like two years ago to see if they'd honor it. And they said... <laughs> Fine. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. <laughs> Here's your five dollar pizza. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, Owen Gleiberman of Entertainment Weekly gave this movie an F, and he liked Nuns on the Run. You're an idiot, Owen. Oh, what? I like Owen. <laughs> you suck, Owen. Yeah, I don't think Not it's it's, of it's worthy of an F. It is silly, but like it's yeah. it's fucking neat, and it looks really cool. They don't make movies mm-hmm. like this anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does look cool. Dig it. Highly recommended. I don't want to yeah. stop talking. Oh my it. gosh! Now looking to see. Oh yeah, it's the most successful independent movie until Blair Witch Project. Yep. Wow. Damn. So nine years. And if you don't believe years. me, uh, uh, believe Roger Ebert, uh, who says this is nowhere near as bad as it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And probably is the best possible Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. It supplies, in other words, more or less what Turtles fans will expect. And it and it did, and, and I'm surprised Perfect. to this day how, how how much like a lot of it, like the effects, the martial arts work, the story, it all holds up. Uh, the soundtrack dates it significantly, but if it was like one of the first soundtracks, it might be the first soundtrack I ever owned. So I, I other than Simpsons sing the blues, if you want to call that a soundtrack, <laughs> and I don't. But yeah, I, I thought this was great. And if you haven't seen it in a while, I'm and you have memories of it, like Sarah, it's really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you don't even have to watch the whole thing. I didn't, but I watched enough of it to get that feeling back again. And yeah, just fun. It's definitely a fun watch. Like I said, it's on I Netflix. mean, have you have you have you not noticed the like one six size Donatello figure I have in the house of this from this movie that sits above my television, giving me a thumbs up all day? Yes, of course. This movie makes me very happy. <laughs> I love this movie. Moving on because I'm being told we have to. Uh, (laughs) we have a lot of tv debuts it's true a lot of real interesting stuff on the 27th in television equal justice debuts with uh malcolm's mother and sjp oh and joe morton joe morton man legendary scene chewer joe morton that man steals every scene he is in he is a yelling actor and i love him for it hey jack don't get dead that's from speed (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I always love 
when he shows up in a television program. He's very good on Scandal, by the way. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's got mm-hmm. my one of my favorite death scenes in film history in Terminator 2. Where he's light mm-hmm. breathing and yes. then blow it up. It's yeah. fucking awesome. Yep. yep. From sweaty so, yeah, to Yeah, I love these... These shows that have these like ridiculous casts, but it's before everyone's famous, and then they mm-hmm. fail horribly, and no one remembers them. Mm. And this is yeah. a, Jane. Ka- how do you say Kazmierik? Kazmierik. Kazmierik. Uh, yeah, Emmy Award winning Jane Kazmierik, and I believe one of the only like the newest additions to this the supporting cast of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she played one of those like no nonsense judges who gives out weird verdicts, and then has reprised that role in small parts like several times. Oh, uh, huh. in, in a Joe sure. Montana kind of way. Ah, uh, I see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, though, Sarah Jessica Parker as a lawyer. Yes. Mm-hmm. I watched. In 1990? Well, I, I know. She, you think Young she's Sarah Jessica so Parker as a lawyer. Baby faced. Yeah. yeah. I looked at some of the promos for it, and as you can imagine, it's just lots of law people shouting law things at <laughs> other law people um <laughs> but apparently it got great like critical acclaim and just had low ratings and even won like a couple of emmys mm. yeah it's just one of those weird things that just critics loved it but nobody i guess everyone was all full up on la law so and i'm confused oh, here yeah that's totally what this is going for isn't it Mm-hmm. Uh, Baghdad mm-hmm. Cafe debuts. Is this the movie or is there a show? This is show. a show based on the movie. Okay, and Whoopi based Goldberg, on the book. Whoopi Goldberg yeah. reprises a role in, in the in the show. No, it's UCH Pounder in the movie. Oh, but Whoopi Goldberg what? on TV. Oh my god, I'm so confused. Yeah, has she, has she won an Oscar yet? No, she wins an Oscar this year. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. got it coming up. So we've never uh, seen. Yeah, that. so it ran uh, like two quarter seasons technically two seasons of 15 episodes with uh whoopi goldberg and gene stapleton uh running a cafe out in the middle of the desert neat and i I was fascinated mostly by this next show that i'd never heard of uh carol and company i Uh, want to watch this now because it sounds so weird it's the debut of uh, of uh, a new let's say air quote variety show from carol burnett with the craziest cast i've ever seen in my life including uh, Peter Crossy from Six Feet Under, Sports Night, and probably other things like Parenthood. Jeremy Parent. Piven, Richard Kind, uh, it, Terry it. Kisser. Holy shit! What the fuck is this? So it, it doesn't have all her all her sketch comedy friends from the Carol Burnett show, and it's also not really a sketch comedy. It's as if the Twilight Zone was a comedy and had the same cast in every episode. This is not right. a hmm. formula. I, I it, this should be a very familiar formula if you're very into radio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where, hmm. where the same yeah, cast is present every week for a completely different story. Yes, that's what's so weird. That yeah, it's kind of an anthology show or like a series of plays. Yeah. where the cast is always the same, but they're always playing different characters. Yeah. It's such and, a neat idea. I mean, we got yeah, J- baby Jeremy Piven and baby Peter Krause. They're like just starting out. Richard Kind, yeah, I mean, he's been on stage for a while, but mm-hmm. still going to this day. He's fucking amazing on everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, weekend at Bernie's. Terry Kaiser. <laughs> wow. All all up with fucking Carol fucking Burnett. Yeah. yeah. It's so strange. so strange because like if you like what they did last week, next week might be something totally different. Yeah, so, I was just going through it like uh, she. Carol Burnett plays an old woman. Carol Burnett plays a fading soap opera star. Carol Burnett plays a young mother. And like, wow, what the fuck? This show is crazy. 
Yeah. You can see the they do have the intro like mm-hmm. song on um YouTube and it's just her in like like Tracy Ullman basically in various costumes and you know hair and makeup to be all different kinds of characters. It's very it's very fun to see. I like it. She's like a crossing guard and then she's like uh old lady drinking tea and then she's a truck driver. And they got huge <laughs> guest stars it just just at a glance like Christopher Reeve, Burt Reynolds, Richard Karn, Al Borland, yeah, <laughs> Howie Mandel, Swoozy Kirk, wow. Neil Patrick Harris, Bernadette Peters like holy shit. What this is I I, I we stumble upon this occasionally like why don't we know more about this show? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And by the way, I did this. I don't even know if I should say this on air. This is a funny thing I did in a private conversation with uh, Diana's husband, notably. I was making a list of like se- just offhandedly of uh, modern day sex offenders I'd like to push into the ocean. And I, Ooh. And I was just like, <laughs> it was something in, in that regard. I'm just like fucking Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein and Carol Burnett. And then I just went silent for like 10 minutes. And like <laughs> finally, somebody had the balls like. Carol Burnett? What did she do? <laughs> and like, I don't know. I just want to see how you'd react. Carol Burnett seems like she can. She could probably hang with a false rape allegation, make it funny. She's amazing. She. Well, she, she, speaking <laughs> of, I love the description of the first episode where she plays a wife fed up with her cold, sexist, philandering husband, Ooh. played by Richard Kind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and another I thing, Richard it's way Kind. too cold in here. oh richard kind i think richard kind is cast in so many things because he's the largest man every woman feels like they could physically beat up (laughs) he's also george clooney's best friend so (laughs) he's a wonderful man i love that he's like people are finally recognizing him by name Yes, thank goodness. Yeah. Oh, Bing Bong forever. Awesome in Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's yes. so good this season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of laughs, everyone, on the, <laughs> on the first, the Ha Channel debuts. Ha! With an exclamation ha! point. Um, ha! I think we spoke, I thought we spoke about the, or we talked about the Comedy Channel, Comedy Channel. opening. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember, because this was a, this is an odd case. This is a CW kind of thing. The CW is the only, in Hulu, I guess, is a modern example where, uh, rival companies end up becoming partners and this is the Viacom owned comedy channel going up against the Warner owned comedy channel and in one year they will merge together to create Comedy Central mm-hmm. and but that would that will make a dispute between a rival company owning one of its biggest products uh and I think that only that was only like slightly recently resolved it's now officially all Viacom but uh, mm. that, but that's what what made I think uh, Comedy Channel a little better. They had the HBO catalog to rely on of their old oh. stand up specials. Mm-hmm. Ha! Like I just I've never seen Ha at all. Well, I mean, it also suffers from having a terrible name. Oh, like, yes. mm. I'm just trying to imagine people sitting down, being like, "Oh, see what's on Ha." <laughs> yeah. Pardon. You want to finish that sentence? What's going on? Yeah. And <laughs> go to Ha. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the Comedy Channel, it has lots of stand-up. That mm-hmm. was like, it was stand-up just all the fucking time. Ha's thing was, the, it was more like Nick at Night, where they mm-hmm. had like classic television. Like, I remember them running You Bet Your Life. Wow. And we had them very briefly, because they only lasted technically a year. Wow. Uh, but I remember being happy that You Bet Your Life was on TV and like Phil Silver's show, stuff like that. Yeah. And the Comedy Channel, by vice versa, was that's where Mystery Science Theater debuted. Before yeah. it became Comedy Central, mm-hmm. 
they were focused on newer programming. Yes, and <laughs> and also. Uh, but then, the, speaking of Nick at Night, yeah, we get Nick at Night's first evening television show. They're like a late yeah. night show, really, on the television. Which again, amazing cast. What, what the, the fuck? Yeah. Really? Is crazy. this real? Lisa yes. Kudrow, Kathy Kathy Griffin, uh, Mindy Sterling, and Julia Sweeney. What the mm-hmm. fuck? I've never yes. heard of on the television. Yeah, it's, so it's well, it's a sketch show, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's a sketch show, and it's it like is. TV parodies. Mm-hmm. And so the like concept is that it is a fake TV review show that has like two critics who then intro a fake television program, and then you sketch see like a clip of this fake television cr- program, which is a sketch basically okay so if you look at they had one that so there are a couple sketches on youtube that i checked out and like one of them was like a parody of the um william shatner 911 television program mm-hmm. except for it was called 411 where we find out what happens when people get information oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> that was probably funny on someone's napkin sure um. <laughs> someone's again cocaine yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh on the, but still that i'm i'm astounded by that cast just uh people yeah. knowing Those these ladies funny, were the funniest people. people ever and i say that as a huge julia sweeney fan and a huge lisa kudrow fan and a pretty huge kathy griffin fan she entertains mm-hmm. me to no end and mindy sterling no mindy sterling, mindy sterling? i on, do i do awesome. i just I, like i don't uh, know her as well ralph arbersena from austin powers <laughs> yes yeah and then, of course, NCAA March Madness finals, blah, blah, blah. Uh, University of Las Vegas. Hey, remember Vegas? when we had those? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, remember when the yeah, NCAA finals. Yeah, beats Duke because Duke sucks. You remember, uh, you remember when the NCAA finals didn't involve uh, the players playing each other in a video game on Twitch? <laughs> this is. I can't remember that time. Uh, but Duke is beaten. I remember they were mm. good, and we knew that when we were little, even if you didn't care for sports, because I was all about the video mm-hmm. games. Again, we do an entire show that goes way more in depth about the video games of 302010 every single month. We have, Our March episode should be out by next week. No, it should be out by the end of this week. And uh, we'll go a little more in depth on a game like Adventures of Lolo 2 from the makers of Kirby. Uh, Adventures oh. of Lolo. Uh, and let's close out with the music of 1990. This has already been a long segment. Black Velvet by Alana Miles is still number one. Uh, we got new releases from Celine Dion and Unison. Uh, Brigade by Heart. Uh, Forever Everlasting, the debut of Everlast. <laughs> what? In 1990? Ooh, wow. Um, I know. I don't know. I guess that's what it's like. Uh, self-titled uh, <laughs> album by Social Distortion. And Laura Brannigan's self-titled sixth album. I said that like I've heard those words in combination before, but I haven't. <laughs> uh, we'll close out with Ball and Chain by Social D. Uh, stay right there because we have a lot to talk about in 2000.
Coming in with Ice Cube, people. Ice Cube, when he was like this and not like that, with an oar and a rowboat. Sorry, I like that meme of Ice Cube being the star of oh, only yeah. family comedies. <laughs> um, you can do it by Ice Cube off of War and Peace Volume 2. But I'm going to guess the Friday, the next Friday soundtrack, because uh, John Witherspoon is in this video. Yep. Wonderful. R.I.P. John Witherspoon. Welcome to 2000, everyone. March 27th through April 2nd. We have some new releases, starting with uh, Pedro the Lion with Winners Never Quit. That album is out, as is Spend a Night in the Box by the Rev, Rev, Rev the Reverend Horton Heat. Sorry, I, Jesus, I Ron Burgundy that up. Uh, <laughs> we have the facts, and we're voting yes by Death Cab for Cutie. From the screen to your stereo by Newfound Glory. Uh, oh man, dude, a lot of emo. Glory, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like Water for Chocolate by Common, uh, Real Live Woman by Trisha Yearwood, and Stage One by Sean Paul. Say my name by Destiny Child is still number one. Interesting, I say. Uh, skipping on to the news, Aaron Brockovich is still number one at the box office. That movie's going to hang in there for a while. But we have other interesting movies to talk about in 2000. Price of Glory with Jimmy Spitz, Maria Del Mar, John Seda, Clifton Collins Jr., Ron Perlman. Uh, Luis Mandalore, Ernesto Hernandez is Price of Glory. This sounds vaguely familiar. Uh, it's a boxing movie. Yep. Er, Jimmy Smith is, you know, a dad, and he was a boxer, and he wants his kids to be boxers, and there's family drama and boxing. His and- his kid, Princess Leia. That's that's all Jimmy Smith will be to me from here on out. Pale <laughs> <laughs> ah. Organa. Uh, sick of Star Wars uh, on uh, Patreon.com. So and other uh, reviews are sort of, yeah. But like Clifton Collins Jr. I love is that an too. actor I really, really like. I love that too. Mm-hmm. He should be in. And I can yeah. see him like and Jimmy Smith's just like glowering at each other. And ah, mm-hmm. oh, this sounds like a missed opportunity, man. Uh, we also have Pups with Misha Barton. Actually, speaking Cameron of missed Hoy. opportunities. <laughs> uh, yeah, Pups with Misha Barton and Cameron Van Hoy has fantastic reviews. And it died because it's about teenagers who rob a bank and then get into this standoff sort of uh, dog day afternoon. And the theory was like teenagers with guns were not long after Columbine. Uh, Yes. We're not even a year out, man. Mm. And it it puts people off. But like Misha Barton's supposed to be really good in it. And I like could not find it. And then, man, the SEO on that Googling pups. (laughs) <laughs> with women pups movie pups 2000 movie yeah I feel like, like you might have done some weird sex stuff yeah you'll end up with no, a lot of jerry waller memes no mostly i just got stuck watching you know compilations of puppies doing cute stuff and well that's not bad so i needed that so i do okay. i do love the idea of a teenage chick dog day afternoon yeah. This whole system is bogus. Shawshank. Shawshank. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, I think that's one of their demands is they like want an MTV VJ to, <laughs> to come as <laughs> be the, the sure, person sure. to negotiate stuff like that. Yeah. That would be the first thing I would ask for. Um, I'm not talking to anybody but Sway. Get me Dave Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, oh. Sway. The confusingly possessive Love's Labor's Lost is also out oh, this week. Oh, man. What is this? Ruth's Chris? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kenneth Braun and Nathan Lane, Adrian Lester, Matthew Lillard, Natasha McLeod, and uh, Alessandra Novello, Alicia Silverstone, Timothy Spall. I don't know anything about this. I've never heard of this fucking movie. Well, mm. does the play sound familiar? Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe you. That's I a- mean, if Kenneth Braun is involved, guess who maybe wrote it? Right. Mm. Shakespeare? It is Mr. Shaka Spiare. Oh, okay. Mm, uh, the immortal bard. Yeah. <laughs> the sweetest science. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, out of, I'm out of stuff. 
It's another one of his adaptations. Um, not one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hamlet is great. And, oh, what's the other one? Oh, um, Much Ado About Nothing is fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that movie. There are there are bad Shakespeare stuff. I, I didn't care yeah, for Shakespeare's, fo- Shakespeare's Follow That Bird. It was never, <laughs> the Muppets had to make that interesting. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's kind of a weaker play that's not done that much. And... He tries to liven it up by making it like a 1930s musical with a bunch of Cole Porter songs. Mm-hmm. And parts of it are like really good. Some of the huh. numbers are good and some of the, some of the different actors are good. Like Matthew Lillard's actually pretty good. Shockingly. Um, and I always love Natasha McElhone. Oh, yeah. I love her. She's but so good. Alicia Silverstone is not quite so much. And the whole thing just ends up not holding together very well. Yeah. I it's, agree. Uh, it's such a pity because it's like you're doing a 30s style musical. It, Bitch, just take my money. I see you just you're just trying to steal all my money. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of excited to see this because I'm like, this is extremely my shit. And then I just found it um I don't know, super boring and just mm. not well made. I, I don't know. There was yeah. something about it that was it's very off. You're right though. I mean, I do love some of the singing and dancing is very good and I appreciated that. But yeah, for the most part, this is a pass. Yeah. I was pretty disappointed. Hmm. I'm going to go watch Much Ado About Nothing. Excuse me. I need to see some Denzel in leather pants. <sighs> I, I, girl. I, I have nowhere else girl. to say it. I was thinking about watching Joss Whedon's Much Ado About Nothing just because. Oh, that's great. It occurred to me like, what the fuck? What happened to Joss Whedon? <laughs> like he quit Marvel and like, uh, it was like five years ago. Where you been, buddy? Mm-hmm. You used to make mm-hmm. shit in your sleep. <laughs> Dr. Horrible. Well, Where's Joss Whedon been? Did it get me too? That- I, I didn't. I didn't see it. His much, yeah, that much ado about nothing. It's all black and white and mm-hmm. it's modern day when set in like a giant house. It's great. Yeah. I really yeah. liked it. Yeah. I'm just saying. And it's. I'm putting, I'm putting up a wanted poster. Where's Joss Whedon? Um, okay. Where's, where's he been? Hmm. And if he's been me too'd, forget I said anything. Um, <laughs> and, oh man, finally the movie. These people are clearly reading my website because uh, Joss <laughs> Jackson, Paul Walker, Craig T. Nelson, Coach, uh, Hill Harper, Leslie Bibb, and Christopher McDonald have uh, made a movie about the real problem, the, the thing that elected, elected the last nine presidents, the skulls, baby. <laughs> movie about the skulls. On college campuses across America, one secret society has the power to instantly change your life. You are a skull. Or destroy it. I want to know the truth. They may never let him out. Imagine that. Joshua Jackson. They're watching you, they're watching me. Paul Walker. You're going to dig your own grave. Leslie Bibb. What are you going to do? None of us are safe. The Skulls. So I'm not. I'm, I don't want. I, want, I don't want to subdue the uh, uh, importance of things like the skull and crossbones. The fratern- but this was like the basis of like every fucking conspiracy in the universe. When really it was just a stupid fucking frat for Harvard idiots. Yale, a bunch please, of our friends- Yale, please. They please are you. Yale idiots. Yaleies. I yeah. It's so stupid. I mean, yes. the yeah. Skull and Bones Society is also stupid because yeah, it's just like a dumb frat for. Uh, dumb guys to you know well uh, apparently lay in coffins and jerk off that might be a thing <laughs> but then this movie just runs with this you know evil secret society you can't ever get out and he like goes to the ATM and he's got 8 million dollars in there what the fuck and mm-hmm. it's just oh my god it is so 
dumb. I think I think I think the best thing about so silly. the best thing about this the current robber baron political administration is just that it like no 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 evil doesn't work like that it happens out loud you just have to follow the money Google the Koch brothers mm-hmm. <laughs> just follow yeah them. yeah it, it, there's not these people aren't smart enough to have a secret society they just throw money at the problem because they have oodles of it and, yeah I I oh. just I I will never ever be able to take skull and bones seriously because my brother did go to Yale mm-hmm. and Ooh, he would walk by the tomb I think it's called their their house and he said that, like one time he walked by just as uh, like a soda delivery truck was loading up like a giant <laughs> dolly full of Mountain Dew and bringing it in <laughs> and he's like no the leaders the, the secret leaders of the world are not doing the do yeah. mm. unless yeah. they're just a bunch of dorks with their secret people's party <laughs> you gotta Come get that on, code man. red Secret People's Party. Only people who have prestige twice in Call of Duty can come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the millennials will probably get a little more kick out of this. I didn't see this, and this did oh, not do good. well. That's what I hear. Yeah. It, it The road to El Dorado, to me, it, it always looked like the Emperor's new groove to the fledgling DreamWorks body of work, because their previous mm-hmm. animated film had yeah. been like the outlandishly lavish, incredibly unnecessarily casted Prince of Egypt and mm-hmm. this is scaling it back to like a, a road movie with a very small cast of like, but a good like Pixar S cast. These aren't names that are mm-hmm. going to get kids to jump out of their seats, but like, dude, Kevin Klein, Kenneth Branagh, Armando Sante, Edward James, almost Rosie Perez, Jim Cummings, Woody the Pooh fame. These are all like cool. These they're probably right for these parts. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of stunt casting, but the road to El Dorado is out this week. Only two men were brave enough to find the lost city of gold. <laughs> Now, an army of strangers approaching the city. They're the only ones. We can't stay here. We've got to do something. Who can save it? On March 31st, it's two for the action. Prepare yourself for battle! And two for the road. The road to El Dorado. Yeah, it's like I've seen bits and pieces of this on cable. and Mm -hmm. And Elton John is credited as the singing narrator. Yes. Not quite a musical. There were a couple ads that really leaned into, it's Elton John and Tim Rice, man. Mm -hmm. Y'all seeing the Lion King? It's them. It's them. (laughs) They they back. And this was like in wildly memed a few years ago because this, like, while this was, I I couldn't, this shouldn't have bombed and Prince of Egypt should have. Yet I saw, Mm. I was, I saw Prince of Egypt in theaters. Uh, but this is, yeah, this clearly made an impact on people on cable and VHS and DVD after its release. Well, Mm. I think it, so I watched it because mm-hmm. I missed it on the first release and it's on Hulu and I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, the music is very good. I do think one of the reasons it was so memed is because it's these two guys that are best friends who will go on adventures together and it kind of dovetails perfectly into that millennial Tumblr slot of shipping characters together. And so you have two very handsomely drawn cartoon men who love each other very much and have a lot of affection for each other, but are not queer coded really. But then all the music is done by Elton John. So I think... (laughs) I just feel like it just kind of hit all of the sleeping like, in a tent to together to, <laughs> for like Tumblr millennial girls to basically just explode. So I, I, I love it. it for that, especially. I get it, and also that it, it it is it's not just in the title. It is it is modeling itself like what if Bob Hope and Bing Crosby road movies had like a budget. 
and and yeah, in, yeah. encountered effects and had big music, but and in like of, talking horses. Yeah, and it's like I, I think Family Guy. <laughs> Family Guy is the only thing that carries carries the torch of the road stuff. Even I'm not that familiar with it, and I like old shit. Mm. But you know, mm. they made too many of them to be good. They made a lot. Of them. <laughs> I've only seen two. I think Road to Morocco and Road to Zanzibar. Maybe I saw. Yeah, man, I sure had a lot of Chinamen around here. Yeah, I'm not going to watch all these fucking rope movies. I mean, they're they're cartoony. So yeah, I mean, it makes sense that they would make a cartoony thing. I think my only, I I admit I haven't gotten around to watching it, Mm -hmm. but reading the synopsis and it's sort of like. We, we've got to do this before Hernan Cortez gets here. And I'm just like, oh, well, they're fucking fucked. They are all mm-hmm. fucked. Yeah. I know how this story ends. It ends with everybody dead. Yeah. Well, actually, maybe they, they Tarantino'd this a little bit. And, <laughs> oh. um, Does Hernan Cortez alternate... get smallpox and then Holy die? Shit. And gets that on fire, maybe? I believe it's an alternate history. Let's just put it Holy that way. Sh- oh. I never thought of Disney Tarantinoing these classic stories. But they totally, once upon a time in Hollywood, The Little Mermaid. What if Ariel didn't die? <laughs> Got her voice yeah. back and then married. Oh, if that's exactly. how you want to tell the story, interesting. I would like to see that version. Uh, okay. So, I mean, I've just sort of always lumped this in my head with like Pocahontas of like, I see what you're trying to do, but you're also telling people that everything worked out and it didn't. Mm-hmm. It yeah. really did not. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not saying like I was woke enough to have that like criticism in my head, but it was also like, your animation why would you do anything based on history like hmm. like you can go anywhere do anything and show and make anything happen why would you go back in, in our own time hmm. whatever you can get you can get good stuff out of that and, yeah. and, and but that's that's why it didn't interest me immediately and also i was 20 i was pro- yeah. i was probably making a car payment and uh buying an abortion that week um but <laughs> man well you're buying you the really... abortion for your car yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes, it got too close to a wily Dodge Neon. Uh, and, you don't want a, a little Fiat a little running around? <laughs> no, that's not how you say that. I don't know why I said it like that. Yeah. I'm a Fiat. On behalf of my uh, someday, I got like I got to get my dad on to tell that story. He 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 like his last show of like ethnic pride was buying a Fiat in the '80s, right before what? they folded oh. as a company. And like I remember like. I would watch pieces of that car fall out by my feet and I could see the road go by. And every one of his friends made fun of him. Fred Flintstone it. Yes. <laughs> to get it going. Hold on, I got it. Let me put down my airwalks. We're going in for a landing. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but the, the movie... So, if you were 20, I would think the next movie would appeal to you quite a bit this- because it's about nerds hanging out and also the crippling doubt that strikes you when you break up with someone. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also the um, amount of, of joy that a certain white man of a certain age gets for being an elitist dick. Yeah. Sure. I, th- there's, a, there's a little bit of that, but I, 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 I from a, a white male perspective, like this is a, a funny and wonderful and charming look at how not to be. And like what to avoid because I I had been at this point I think maybe through like two or one point five major breakups and always had the inclination to do exactly what John Cusack does here. Hang on, let me play you the trailer for uh, the starring Lisa Bonet, Catherine Zeta Jones, John Cusack, Tim Robbins, uh, Todd Lucio, Luiso, Lu- uh, Jack Black in his like kind of breakthrough role, total breakthrough uh, role, uh, mm-hmm. and John Cusack. High fidelity, ladies and gentlemen. 
Rob Gordon has a successful business and a dedicated following. I used to go to the double door to hear you spin. You were unbelievable. But when it comes to dating... Hi. Hi. This is Penny Hardwood. Hi, Caroline. He's still searching for the right woman. What's your name? Laura! Now his search may have ended. She does this thing in bed when she can't get to sleep. She kind of half moans and then rubs her feet together an equal number of times. <laughs> but his problems just started. I like you with Laura. I don't think much of this Ian guy. What Ian guy? <laughs> <laughs> Tim. Uh, fucking Ian. Fucking Can I start man. with, does, does Nick Hornby have like the best adaptation batting average yeah. ever? Oh, dude, yeah. I've had I've had to go to <laughs> bat for uh, the Jimmy Fallon fever pitch. That movie's fucking mm-hmm. dope. Both both mm-hmm. versions of Fever Pitch yeah. are really mm-hmm. good. When they, yeah. you, it's so weird when you take an, a, a like a British movie and you Americanize it mm-hmm. th- and you remake it that way. They usually suck ass. Both versions of Fever Pitch are good. Yeah. Plus, about a boy. Yeah. about a boy's great. Oh my god. Yeah, it, it, it's it's He's so weird awesome. that th- these like I don't know seemingly like not big they're books like they're they're right. not they're not big ideas no one's cloning dinosaurs or anything Nick like Nick Hornby that. is one of my favorite contemporary huh. authors of all time I've I like read most of his stuff he's very prolific though so I feel like he's constantly putting something out I really really love everything that he writes and I really love this movie I can't I, I can't say enough good things about high fidelity and, and, and in my mind and this probably might not be true for other people there's plenty other it just feels like if, if like it feels like Ferris Bueller grew up for me like a, a, around yeah. the, the same age like Ferris Bueller became one of my favorite movies when I was a teenager and it was like 10 years old and then here's this movie of like the next phase of my life of a guy Actually, talking to camera, trying to figure out what's going on, telling me what personality types are embodied by these people. I think this movie, though, is actually Lloyd Dobler grown up mm. from Say yeah. Anything. Oh, Interesting. I mean, it's. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's what you get, like a shy, introspective kid who's really into music, grows up into kind of a bitter 20 something year old who's super into music. Like, I can't see that. I, I mm-hmm. really like everything about this movie i like every person in this movie i -hmm. like the main character being both omniscient and dressed down by everyone Mm -hmm. uh it 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 feels i don't know it feels very right for like the age i would eventually become uh i I don't know i love this movie i love that tim robbins and john John cusack are old friends and are always in each other's movies for no reason i didn't Uh, know that until like two years ago and it definitely made my viewing of this movie better and, and remember, I literally just watched it before we started recording just to catch up on it mm-hmm. and everyone is so good in it Jack Black is hilarious he, and he is yeah. he is full on great. I remember having to tell people like I was obsessed with Tenacious D and driving five hours away to see him like Tenacious D like it's did you see the movie High Fidelity yeah do you remember the fatter character yeah I remember having to describe Jack Black to people and, and High <laughs> Fidelity was their only anchor I'm like nah dude you mm-hmm. gotta see him in Airborne and Tim Robbins' directorial debut, Bob Bob Robbins. Wait, Bob, Bob Roberts. Roberts, which John Cusack <laughs> yeah. also cameos in in like the exact same amount of time, uh, mm-hmm. because they were in tape heads together in what sort of the Actors Gang or some shit, um, something like that. Yeah, yeah. They, they have a but, weird yes. history. I I generally don't like romantic comedies, and this is technically a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah. but like, like you said, it's also about someone growing up and sort of realizing uh-huh. oh that's where i've been fucking up maybe the problem isn't everyone else yeah you know it's, it's them, a like 
going through this breakup and then, you know, going to talk to his old girlfriends about what went wrong. And he just keeps trying to absolve himself yeah. and make it someone else's problem. He, he, he has the self-awareness to know that he's the problem, but not to find what the problem is. And mm-hmm. I love how that irritates the ladies in his life. I also like, even at the time, and again, I'm not the most woke person in the world and aware and have fights with my girlfriend on a regular basis because I don't understand her feelings. Uh, and, but, but like, uh, we're, the same way we talked about uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, like the woman who breaks mm-hmm. his heart isn't made out to be like a total bitch. Mm-hmm. She's actually like, right. even in 2000, like, oh, she's, yeah, dude, why would she, why would she be around for this? She does, she clearly doesn't hate this dude, but he won't, mm-hmm. he won't change or evolve in any way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's a coming of age film. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I just vividly remember her needing to fuck at her dad's funeral in a way. Like it just, mm-hmm. it's like not a sexy scene, but it's like, and nothing exactly like that has happened to me. But it's like I know what that feels like now. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. more more so than I ever did when I watched this film. So the, I think about this movie more often than I watch it. And that's, I mean, that is a huge compliment with a great fucking cameo from Bruce Springsteen. (laughs) 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 And, but yeah, the the breakthrough role of of Jack Black and I, Mm -hmm. the listicle thing where listing top fives about people, like all these characters are heightened, but very real. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's, it would, I love the idea. I I really want to check out the series uh, at this point. I I actually not, heard good things but i find it fascinating that lisa bonet is in Mm -hmm. this movie and then her daughter is starring in the series yes and and, and by the way gender swap i want to give this movie credit for allowing us to know lisa bonet was still alive because among the shitty things built awesome yeah and still hot Mm -hmm. as fuck sorry but uh, it's one of those uh, (laughs) the you know less shitty things that bill cosby did was kind of like attempt to ruin lisa bonet and Mm. and she just like popped up out of nowhere in this movie and i remember a couple of people like that's fucking Lisa Bonet. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And it, it admittedly wasn't that long, but like she had, we hadn't seen her in like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I watched a couple minutes of the new television program on Hulu and I didn't watch enough of it to get a true feel for it mm-hmm. um, yet, but I'm hopeful. I mean, I really love Zoe Kravitz. So mm-hmm. remember I was saying last week about hot tub time machine, John Cusack has a stable of people he like makes movies with and Steve Pink, mm-hmm who directed the hot tub time machine is the writer here as is John Cusack on the screenplay. Mm-hmm. So, right. yep. and then again, speaking of amazing track records directed mm-hmm. by Stephen Frears, yep. who's one of my favorite directors who gets zero credit for anything. He yeah, did man. My beautiful lawn jet, uh, the grifters will talk about this year. Fucking dangerous liaisons, uh, mm. the van, the snapper, uh, commitments Fil- trilogy. Philomena, uh, Philomena, mm-hmm. high, low country, dirty, pretty things. The queen. I, yeah. He's like oh, wow. a very English scandal. He is a mark of quality. Yeah. You see well, Stephen Frears on something, it is going to be very well put together. And I, I feel like we, I we've just done, oh. want, sorry, I just want to know who came up with the band name Kathleen Turner Overdrive. Because <laughs> it is very, very good. And I want everyone to think about that at least once a week. Well, I, I, I think <laughs> it, it's one of those things that I feel like a masturbatory internet behavior that I'm very much a part of we've done the world a disservice the way we like fall all over movies like Ferris Bueller and early John Cusack work. Whereas like, dude, this should have been a modern classic for young people that we never stop talking about and quoting. This movie's I great. Think it is. I-, I hope it is. It's just like, I feel like I watched this movie on an Island of me. I bought it on DVD sight unseen and then watched it like a hundred more times throughout my life. I don't see yeah. it a lot on cable, but it's also, it's a weird R 
for for yeah. for language and it, yeah, no nudity or violence, but like uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's the language. And well, yeah, there re- is a little bit of violence. I mean, John Cusack, cold cocking Tim Robbins is pretty great. It was and, a fantasy sequence. And then, oh, no, but in, not in a fantasy sequence. He does something that needs to be done all the time, which is if someone is singing The Night Chicago Died, you try to <laughs> strangle them. <laughs> yeah, that is the worst song of all time. It does live into a great fantasy of mine. I've always wanted to hit someone with a rotary phone. Me too. <laughs> yeah, that is it, in my brain now. It kicks that single, single ring. Bong. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. This movie's I just fucking love great. That they made Tim Robbins just so gross, like <laughs> with his little ponytail. And I think at one point, like John Cusack is like, he wears rings on his fingers, like. <laughs> <laughs> and so and true. and it's it's something. Um, I, I'm sure like m- younger people can relate to this, but like I haven't made a mix for somebody in a long time. But that was such an intimate thing in 2000. Mm-hmm. And I know, yep. I know there are, even throughout through playlists, it's the same romantic or bromantic gesture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I haven't personally done that in a long time. But that's what the movie's mostly about. It's like shelled and something like that. Right. And, well, and I love the way that it plays out because you see uh, John Cusack's character, Rob, just like repeating the same mistakes kind of over and over again. He starts to learn. He and his girlfriend get back together eventually. And then he meets like another cute wom- woman. And then he starts to make her a playlist or a mixtape. And you start to feel like, oh God, come on, man. Like we've been <laughs> through this. Don't do this. And you just like, I, I, Watching it just recently, I started to get tense again when he was like, yeah, I'm going to make this lady, this new lady, a mixtape. And then it goes in a different direction that is just wonderful. It's just a great ending, you know? Really yeah. good. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. I don't know. I, I hate if 30, 20, 10 in a category of like perfect films, I'd sort of throw this in here. Just uh, Oh, for sure. And, 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 I, and, I, have I just haven't agree. thought about it in a while. And it's it's now most notable for being a launching pad for Jack Black, but it is so much more than that. And it's it's wonderfully of its time but it's like you know record stores are having a resurrection and like i don't know it's a neat environment to to frame a movie in and yeah i really like it uh someday we gotta talk about i was worried though when i saw like oh it's about guys hanging out in a record store like oh shit (laughs) they're just gonna be you know with wacky pop culture oriented dialogue it's just like how me and my friends talk and it's like well i was a fool that's not what it's about Mm-hmm. It, but it it's is. I, I just remember that scene of Jack Black running in on like the worst day in Rob's life, and like I made a fucking mixtape, and it's like it starts off with walking on sunshine. He's like, yeah, turn it <laughs> yes. off, Barry. Like I just and, and like I love his line. Like I just want to listen to something I can fucking ignore. He's like, no, I want to listen to it now. <laughs> and it's not Jack Black being Jack Black. Like if you ever put together a joke for somebody, like it, it doesn't work tomorrow. I put this together for today, <laughs> asshole, for you, and like, and, and you're just being a dick about it, and this is a huge problem, and it, yeah. it allows Jack Black, Jack Black to be Jack Black. Anyway, I'll move on. I, I could say a ton of nice things about High Fidelity, but you should definitely see it. And uh, moving on to television, the 27th, the Audrey Hepburn story starring Jennifer Love Hewitt. Diane, how do you feel Oof. about that? Is that a good? Is that good casting? No. <laughs> no. I like. I mean, I like, they're trying. I I watched this like way back in the day, just because I I do love shitty TV biopics mm-hmm. because they're they're always bad, always, and they're always super full of cliches and dumb. But uh, it's fun that Sarah Hyland from Modern Family plays her as a child, and Eric McCormick as Mel Ferrer is just like 
that's just weird casting. I don't know what's going on. Before Jennifer Love Hewitt, she tries to do the voice, and it's just it oh, just no. sounds like she has emphysema all the time. Oh no! <laughs> but like Jennifer Love Hewitt is such a basic. You know that that <laughs> hey. was her dream since oh, she was a child. She had that play. fucking Breakfast at Tiffany's poster. She sure did. She it's sure the female did. version of Scarface. It absolutely. <laughs> when. When I oh meet God. another woman and she's very into Audrey Hepburn, oh it often gives me pause. Oh my God. Think. You're telling me Audrey Hepburn is the chick Al Pacino? Like, is that what you're saying? <laughs> Pretty much. Oh my God. Yeah. Not in that picture of um, Marilyn John- Monroe, like sitting in the like tutu dress. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know that one. Uh, did you know? Did you know your husband owns a picture of me doing the Marilyn Monroe pose without my pants on top of an air conditioner? Uh, <laughs> it, I was really naked in that shot. It's in your house somewhere, Sarah. I believe it. You don't have to be quiet. It really exists. It was funny at the yeah. time. Oh, oh, he, oh, we have a trailer. Good. She stole the heart of every man she met. I'm crazy for you, baby, and I'm not giving up no matter what you say. And inspired wow, this is already awful. every woman. You've got a whole generation of girls a sense that. The- Something else was possible in life. But before she graced the silver screen... Ms. Hepburn has just been nominated for an Oscar. An Oscar? <laughs> and the winner is... Audrey Hepburn for Roman Holiday! You can tell somebody doesn't have faith in her performance here because they're not letting her talk in the trailer. Yeah, it's not great. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Look, do not watch this. Instead, listen to the You Must Remember This about Audrey Hepburn. It's very interesting. Oh, she had an incredible life before she became famous. It's a hell of a story. Mm -hmm. And yeah, had an interesting life the rest of her life where she was Mm -hmm. sort of like, yeah, I'm fine with quitting here and there. I'll just make a movie once every 10 years when i feel like it and yeah. yeah and she's made a lot more than breakfast at tiffany's oh my god please go yes. watch more of her movies i thought that was a mickey rooney vehicle that 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 movie's fantastic he's fantastic in that film oh, oh. it doesn't date at all <laughs> yes it was a good idea at the time and it still works today i know we have, we have a, a like a, in a more innocent time a, a early laser time called just like is it racist and we just that was the first time i'd seen those sequences in breakfast anyway <laughs> Anyway, yes, Ari go right re. On the twenty seventh, Ali McBeal's Boy Next Door is out. I, yeah, this this is a big episode in Ali McBeal um, mm-hmm. because so I actually went back and rewatched Ali McBeal recently because I never really saw the full run of the show and. Hmm. It is a, such a strange show, I have to say, and I do think there are some good parts of it. But anyways, I digress. In this episode, the main character Gil who's played by Gil Bellows who is like her love of her life they like met when they were five years old and then they broke up before law school and then came back together but he's married to someone else he dies they just fucking kill him in this like comedy show and it just kind of came out of nowhere and I think people were pretty shocked by it I don't know what was going on behind the scenes with Gil Bellows it's the way that his storyline went it almost feels like it was like uh, maybe he was got in a fight with David E. Kelly and Mm. just didn't want to be on the show anymore because they gave him brain cancer a personality disorder and then just had him drop dead so I don't know what happened there but I'm sure there's a story He's kind of his character was kind of a huge motivation for Allie and her relationships 
you know, with other men and women throughout the entire show. And then to just take that whole character out of there really, I feel like is a very interesting move, but it makes room for a get. I guess he's not a guest star because he came a series became a series regular, but uh, for a new love of her life who's so much better, and it's um, uh, Iron Man, yeah. yay, Robert Downey Jr. And the, that whole storyline with him is really, really good and interesting. And Robert Downey Jr. is just the best, most charmingest, handsomest guy. So <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. I Ally McBeal is. A very strange show, and if you are so inclined and have any nostalgia for it, I would recommend going back and checking it out again because I think it's the, very of its time. Is the the, the credit the, the thing that's that's usually foisted upon it is that it's a great show with a great surrounding cast, but one of the most unlikable protagonists yes. In, yes. in human history. Yeah, and I think like watching it, you wonder. I think at first, do they know she's so unlikable? Does everyone know this? Like. And then as the show goes on, I think they really just leaned into it. And they were like, yeah, she's kind of dreadful, but. <laughs> I mean, Orange is a New we're Black just gonna did that. going to go with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could see Pretty it. Pretty much. I could see yeah. it. And I've seen some very know. sexy episodes of Ali McBeal as a yeah. Young oh, man. yes. Yes, yes. Uh, and a, a, a show, this show to me is synonymous with Kazaa. Or excuse me, Kazaa Light. Yeah, I was using Kazaa Light. No ads for me. Uh, but. The Ali G show debuts in the UK. I think mm-hmm. its trajectory is vaguely fascinating because in the second season of the Ali G show, which we'll talk about in three years, um, <laughs> uh, it's the premise was that Ali G would go to the US and therefore we HBO decided to partner up and put it out on HBO. But the first season went kind of unseen by Americans. Yep. Um, well, unless you're me, I ordered I those all uh, DVDs from the UK, baby. I was all over they it. They can only play in just my my DVD player now because I uh, made it region free. And I'm tr- I'm trying to think of a bigger success story. The Ali G Show, all in all, all told, 18 episodes, three seasons over the course of six years, but has three huge movies <laughs> based yep. off of it. Ali G in the House, Borat, and Bruno. They are all... They're not. We have a, a whole laser time about Sasha Baron Cohen that we made around the time of Who Is America because I really think that show mm-hmm. deserves more credit. All of these characters originated on other shows, but like this is where they become fully formed, and yeah. it's endlessly, endlessly entertaining. And like I remember, HBO would censor things that the UK didn't. So if you can see mm-hmm. the UK versions and the unaired episodes of this show, I, I encourage you to track them down. It is in that weird area where like. Everything but the British episodes are on YouTube in full. Um, huh. Yeah, I don't. I, I guess HBO doesn't own it enough to protect it. But uh, hmm. I, I think it's where like uh, Seth Rogen met Evan Goldberg. They were both writers on the Ali G show at one point. Oh. Uh-huh. No kidding. Mm-hmm. But the, I, I love love Ali G. Uh, I love Borat and I love Bruno and it's it's really worth a look. I don't I don't know of another person right now doing what Sasha Baron Cohen does and that he continues to delight in doing it is so strange to me it's so mm. it's so needlessly dangerous and provocative and doesn't earn him any like new fans but like fuck it's good uh, yeah well I, I, the Ali G show more than even Borat the movie I'd say uh, or Bruno especially because like people see him coming by then but the Ali G show people don't see him coming they don't know here in the US we don't know what we're getting people think oh really he's just a a youth correspondent for some MTV yeah, we, maybe we, or we, something. We talked about it. He said like him playing 
vaguely ethnic around stuffy white people who clearly have no black friends, like puts everyone on a polite edge that lets him get away with fucking murder. And and the one person who doesn't let him slide is Donald Trump. Yep. Donald Trump was the only Bizarre. person who's like, this is stupid. That's a dumb idea. And that's du- you're dumb for having said that. Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> fuck me. I hate, hate. Oh, God. I hate that guy so, being ahead of any curve. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 yeah, I, yeah. I fucking, fucking love this show. I love Ali G. And like Diana said, they had to move to America because I think, um, you remember like Punk had to like say it was canceled just so they could shoot more seasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ali G as a character became such a phenomenon in England. I remember he hosted the MTV uh, Music Awards. He premiered in a Madonna video for most Americans mm-hmm. um, as a, her limo driver, and he has lines in her video. Oh, right! I yeah. forgot about right. that. Like it, that had not hit American shores yet, but in England, he was out of people to prank because he was too big. So that's mm-hmm. why the show had to move to the USA, which coincided with hbo like fuck yeah we'll help co-produce this and air this over here uh yeah uh but but that's why he came over here because he was out of people to prank it's why jackass had to go to japan in the movies because like <laughs> every american could recognize johnny knockville's aviators from a mile away uh, <laughs> and his giant teeth and his, <laughs> yes, his big old forget. big old teeth uh and on oh man another Big old thing for me. I don't want to talk about this too long because I love you guys. But uh, the Boomerang Network debuts, which is something in this economic en- environment, I have had to cancel as a streaming network. <laughs> but uh, it's okay. But like that's that's the odd thing. Like I, I get advertisements on my Facebook now for CBS All Access. CBS All Access has shows like Picard or The Twilight Zone. Things. I think are ruthlessly hidden and held captive by CBS All Active, uh, all, mm. all Access, and. But on my Facebook, I get advertised based on, I guess, what I've clicked on or liked. CBS All Access. We have the Sonic the Hedgehog show from 1991 with Jaleel White. Like, why would I pay you to watch? You would, you should pay me to watch that. <laughs> Fuck you. But Ted Turner, in, in, in his cable plan, his idea, his brilliant idea was to buy content. That's why he ended up buying most of the MGM library. He ended up going through horrible colorization attempts to make television entertainment. Ted Turner had no interest in making movies. He had an interest in buying libraries to create television content. So it was a huge thing in the mid-80s that uh, Ted Turner bought Hanna-Barbera to, to basically have an endless fucking can of horrible animation to run on television (laughs) rather than making anything and then eventually Cartoon Network's like hey it turns out our audience really doesn't like the Flintstones that much or at least Roman Holiday we we really don't care for the Roman version of the Flintstones what if we made our own original content so Powerpuff Girls Dexter's Lab Johnny Bravo Cow and Chicken all that stuff has taken off and there now needs to be another home for all this fucking Charles Foster King content that Ted Turner bought. So they kicked all these classic cartoons over to their own network. And I was pretty shocked. I looked at their schedule today. It was mostly Tom and Jerry. And what? Like this is a network based on Ted Turner acquisitions that he thought would just fill cable. But it turns out you have to, you can't just show anything. (laughs) You have to fucking make good stuff for people to watch your channel. But the boomerang channel has, has kind of struggled because it's something I could watch boomerang promos on YouTube all day. Cause they are very appealing to boomers. It's like really beautiful shots of Hanna-Barbera toys from the fifties 
on stark <laughs> backgrounds. I'm like, this is gorgeous. I love this. Up next, Wacky Races. Thank you. I don't want to watch Wacky Races. I just like the design. But Boomerang, a show I believe named after the, not font, but what's that? The, the graphic, the style? Boomerang? Mm-hmm. If you look up uh, a boomerang pattern, that that'll inst- it'll instantly oh. make sense to you. Uh, a lot of fifty diners, their tabletops would be that color. Oh, or, okay, the, I know what you're talking about. And that yeah, style, yeah, yeah. It, to me, I always call it the Hanna Barbera style because that's when they were created. But I, I believe that's where the boomerang name comes from. And obviously, it's stuff coming back to you and all that. But like, mm-hmm. we live in a world where even TV Land, it, we now know of TV Land. From mostly its original programming. I don't know. Maybe you're watching Home Improvement there every night. I don't know what that channel airs. But I know it's not going to survive if it's only old stuff. And Boomerang has kind of clung to that. And I think they have a new Scooby-Doo they air there. But that's about it. Hmm. Anyway, I've talked Hmm. too much about this. Sopranos, Knights in White Satin Armor. Yes, <laughs> this is the, I believe, the penultimate episode of this season. Mm-hmm. So obviously, oh. we're ramping up to something. And oh, it uh, was always the second to last episode where shit's gone down. Oh, and shit every season went down in this episode, too. It's so good. And it's very exciting because you get to see the end of a horrible character that you don't have a problem rooting against. Oh, yes. Um, mm-hmm. Because I hate how you make me fucking ride you. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah. So we're celebrating Janice and Richie's engagement. Um, and <laughs> it's just everyone, I think, is kind of like, okay, we're just going to go along with this, everyone. And it's going to be fine. And then we get a reveal that. Richie has a certain fetish during lovemaking that is <laughs> problematic. <laughs> uh, I was wondering if that was the clip that you pulled, actually. No, the, the clip that – because I have a lot of clips from this episode. Of like the, another – it shouldn't be a side story, but Tony tries to break it off with his young Russian girlfriend, and she try, mm-hmm. makes a suicide attempt. And, of course, Silvio is like – I know you're hurting. He's seventy five thousand dollars. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. and then and then like, but Tony has to explain it to his wife, and Carmela says, "Are you really making me feel sorry for a whore who fucked you?" <laughs> that is the line of the show. But I thought our, our younger listeners who haven't seen the show will get a real kick about the other sub subplot of Big Pussy. He's kind of an FBI informant, oh, right. and he starts to take it a little more seriously. And there's this subplot that they don't. Lean into heavy-handedly. It's it's the, mm-hmm. only the second season of the, season of the Sopranos. It turns out these gangsters who steal stuff and flip shit illegally find out there's lots of money to be made legitimately in the stock stock market mm-hmm. that they can just fake shit and sell things legitimately. And they talk about how much of a killing they're making with their shitty stock market scam. Huh? Who knew it wasn't? <laughs> it may not be <laughs> on the up and up. They don't heavy-hand it. And Pussy walks in to like ask for information about this because now he's like, I don't know if I'm going to survive unless I'm turning over real information to the government. I'm going to start prying my subordinates. And I always thought this was funny. He's like, Is there anything I can get on? Tell me all about the stock market. And Christopher's, Oh, I got something else for you. Oh, oh, tonight, Puss, I got something hard edge. What? Pokemon cards. Me and Tommy <laughs> Mac are taking down a truckload. Yeah. With. <laughs> so po- <laughs> Pokemon, Pokemon cards. Pokemans. Uh, Big Pussy gets in an accident chasing a truck of Pokemon cards. But like, dude, <laughs> Pokemon cards were like, cra- like this. The, well, the I think this is a couple months after it. But yeah, there was a scarcity because these things are so popular, and mm-hmm. we're trading for a lot of money on uh, things like eBay back then. But yeah. 
that is like a fun C plot in this episode (laughs) where so much happens. Mm -hmm. So we find out there, the scene that I was thinking of that I was hoping you had grabbed Mm -hmm. was fucking Janice trying on her wedding gown with Janice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With Carm and talking about how the only way Richie can complete the act of lovemaking is by holding a gun to her head Mm -hmm. during, during it. And she's just saying that like, yeah, that's just a normal thing. It's a fetish, just like feet or dressing up like a nurse. Like, what the heck? He leaves and- the safety on. <laughs> like, most of the time he takes the clip out. Um- <laughs> oh, my God. I, yeah. I, this is going to sound terrible. He's going to wish he kept that clip out. I, 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 I don't like coming out and saying this very often, but um, I grew up in Florida, and I didn't know the guys, okay. but I knew two women whose men had the same issue. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Oh boy. So it wasn't unheard of to me. <laughs> I, oh my god. Yeah. So yeah, I remember that scene where Carmela's like, "Aren't you like a feminist?" And she's like, "But it's fine, whatever." Yeah. But yeah. then, but then she proves herself a true ally to the LGBT <laughs> community. Yes. He's gone because was it Richie's son? Richie Aprile. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's it's, yeah, it's Jackie's son. Is a dancer. Yes. Sorry. And. Uh, you know, Ballroom and he's dancer. like, right. And she basically says, and if he's gay, it's not a big problem. And Richie punches her. Mm-hmm. And it's just the best death of all time. It, it, and then she goes and gets a gun. And she, she just calmly, just calmly walks out of the room. And you figure, well, that's the end of it. And then she just calmly walks back in with the gun and just shoots him. Yeah, shoots him to death. Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> shocking. I hate, I, I hate spoiling it because mm-hmm. I want to talk about it so much because it right. was such a out of fucking nowhere right it's shocking <laughs> yeah yeah oh my God. and janice is sure. janice is the like hindu yoga person like non-violent <laughs> person but the second she gets punched by a fucking crow magnon man oh, over defending a kid, the, the existence of gay people boom That's she becomes a the vicious thing about janice though is that she loves to think of herself as so evolved and so <laughs> much better than the family that she came from but it's right there under the surface yeah, like man. it's right there at any moment and that's all it took for her to take richie out which solved an issue for tony mm-hmm. because uncle june before all this lets tony know that richie's coming to kill him mm-hmm. eventually like he's going he's gonna set out basically a hit on tony and so tony's trying to figure out how i gotta get him first obviously and Janice does it for him. And I, lo- I love this that. This so fucking brilliant. It's, it's, it's not so a it's season has perfect. been about this, you know, these guys sort of maneuvering around. And, you know, mm-hmm. one of them, it's going to it's going to explode any mm-hmm. minute now. Yeah. Something's going to happen. It's going to explode. And you don't expect fucking Janice to just come walking up, just pop. And, and, and Janice is sent away on a on a bus. To never be mm-hmm. seen again, but will obviously be seen. <laughs> Janice yeah. can't. You can't just. You can't just spray and expect Janice to be terminated. That's not going to happen. Yeah. And, and, but, but what I love about James Gandolfini's performance, and maybe this is just for me watching it so many times. Like Diana said, there was an eventual clash with this this fuck up rival. Something was bound to happen between them, and so when Janice does it, he talks to even Carm Carmela, sorry, uh, his wife. But he has a smile on his face. He like acts put upon, like I'm up all night, but like 
holy shit, Janice, I fucking love you. But he, he's like, he is, he has a little smirk on his face the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. dude, I, she got rid of this huge problem for me. Even if mm-hmm. we're caught, I'm not going to get killed. This is great. <laughs> All I did There's was protect just, my sister. It's so brilliant how everything gets tied up in a bow here. And then also with the Sopranos, just so many little tiny pieces that – just are so chef's kiss perfect. Mm. The whole scene with Ma Soprano where she's, again, talking about how she gave everything for her children and nobody's mm. thankful. And he and Tony just gets mad and he leaves the house. And as he's walking out, he trips and falls down the steps and like <laughs> drops his phone. And she just laughs, laughs. at him. She laughs at him. <laughs> she laughs at him. Like after this whole speech about how much she loves her children, she did the best she could and like da da da. She gave everything for them. She cannot help herself to laugh at her adult son when he falls down the steps like onto the ground. And I'm so I it's I desperately want to do a Sopranos podcast, but the biggest thing I learned from a modern rewatch was truly how evil Tony's mother was. Because I didn't yeah. see it initially. Mm-hmm. It's just because I had a lot of Italian ladies in my life who behaved in such a way. <laughs> Just not my mother. And, and But fuck me. She is truly awful. And, and yep. just, oh, goodness. And just, and like, is, are the things, spending five minutes with Tony's mother in 2020 is like, I can see myself becoming a therapist and buying another beach house. Like that, that is what this woman embodies. Like just, just horror and pain in her children. Oh, anyway, moving on to the games of 2000. Again, we will go more in depth on this on our show for patreon.com. And I really want to go more on depth in the officially sanctioned soldier of fortune game based off the magazine of the same name. Oh, uh, no. Oh, oh, yes. Before Activision. Oh, my God. I just listened to a podcast about the history of Soldier of Fortune, and it was It's hilarious. It's it's hilarious and horrible because most of the things they've been caught for are botched murders from morbidly obese people who think they're hitmen. But but, (laughs) but Soldier of Fortune magazine. Before Activision was publishing Call of Duty shooters, they teamed up with Soldier of Fortune magazine, home of gun porn and literal classified hit pieces. Like, yeah. I would say hit pieces, but that's what they are. Hey, yeah. kill well, my wife. Don't mercenaries, mercenaries to go mercenaries. fight for Rhodesia. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Horrible people. Also Capcom's tech romancer uh, mech fighting game and MDK2, which I think we may have missed talking about. We'll talk about next. I love MDK2. Uh, but we'll talk about that more in depth on patreon.com slash laser time. Supporting this show and all the laser time network. Let's take us out with uh, Someday Out of the Blue by Elton John from The Road to El Dorado. Awesome. This is a great song. Yeah. Uh, it's Elton John, baby. And stay right there because we have a lot of 2010 to talk about as well. Oh, it's a big show. Someday out of the blue In a crowded street Or a deserted square I'll turn and I'll see you As if our love were new Someday we can start again Someday internet and all the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of march 27th through april 2nd 
Uh, let's go back 75 years ago. Uh, it's not a movie recommendation, but as I was reading through history, I kind of wanted to know, who was the last country to get into World War II, seeing as there's not a lot of it left uh, in 1945? And it turns out it's Argentina! Thanks, Argentina! March 27, 1945, you declared war on Germany with, like, a month left! So helpful. Thanks, guys. But let's get to actual movie recommendations. Uh, let's start with another recommend from the 80s, because the 80s is 40 years ago now, guys. Uh, March 28th, 1980, saw the release of Guild Alive with Gilda Radner, which is a really fun special. It is the kind of thing that the Comedy Channel would run a lot back in the day. Uh, but yeah, it's fun. If you don't really know much about Gilda Radner or like what's her appeal and why do people miss her, that's a great place to start. And then going even further back to 90 years ago this week in 1930, saw the release of Joseph von Sternberg's The Blue Angel, which is the movie that made Marlena Dietrich a star. Uh, there's a version in English and a version in German, which they shot at the same time. Uh, the, the German version is better because, you know, they were kind of semi-phonetically learning the English as they go. Cause I miss. But this is a, a really fun movie about Lola Lola who, you know, is this cabaret star and she just brings men sort of under her power and then starts destroying their lives. And they're driven mad with jealousy and rage and whatever. And uh, yeah, Blue Angel. Maybe help me understand, like, who's Marlena Dietrich? Why is she a famous person? She's got charisma just coming out every pore. That's why. So, uh, yeah, very strange combination of Guild Alive and Blue Angel. But those are my recommendations this week. Stay classic. Coming in with Rihanna's Rude Boy, it's number one in the uh, week of March 27th through April 2nd of 2010. You are in a new decade. You didn't even know it. Oh, God. We played a song for you and everything. God, you fucking listeners are stupid. Patreon.com slash LaserTech. I know, I know. I was making a joke. <laughs> They're wonderful. Um, this, is, this, this, leads, this, this next artist leads me truly to believe it's a different decade. Uh, Shut Up Dude, the first mixtape by Das Racist is out. I <laughs> love this mixtape so much. It's so good. Like, every song is awesome. And this is the mixtape that brought us the best song ever, Combination Pizza, Pizza and Taco Hut Bell. and Taco Bell. I, 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 oh my god! I love. Oh, I wish we'd come in with that. My favorite. I know. My favorite thing in music history is the incredulousness of like, there's a Pizza Hut. No, and a Taco. No, the guy. He just. He will not believe there's a combination <laughs> Pizza Hut. No, there's no way these two combine forces. It's so good. Oh god damn it! Um, uh, yeah, I also, love Doth Racist. Also out is uh, Far Q by Lower Than Atlantis. Uh, Somewhere Down the Road by Amy Grant. Good luck, Christians. Uh, New America Part 2, Return of the Ink by Erica Badu. And Slash's solo debut, Slash, which includes all of the rest of Guns N' Roses except Axel. Uh, Ooh, la la. I'm guessing he was having his... his... e-bite must have gotten lost. No, <laughs> I'm sure he was getting his cheekbones expanded. And that's something... <laughs> anyway, sorry. Axel, Fo Axel Rose looks ridiculous. That's all I'm saying. Um, yep. Welcome to 2010. Here's some movies for you. Valhalla Rising uh, with <laughs> Death Stranding's Mad Nicholson. Um, 
Yeah, this is, uh, it would be fun if there was a trailer that did this justice, but this movie has practically no dialogue, so mm. <laughs> why would there be? Uh, so this is uh, Nicholas Swining Renfren joint, the one in oh. between Bronson and Drive. Mm-hmm. 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 And it is gorgeous to look at and weird as fuck, and not, not a lot happens, and there's practically no dialogue, mm-hmm. but it's cool, because it's about Vikings. Vikings. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen is this like enslaved Viking who has to like do like some, sometimes it's like gladi- gladiator type stuff, and then like he joins up with these other guys that are going to go on crusade, and they get in this boat, and then they end up in this like crazy world where like people are shooting arrows at them because like they've shown up in North America and they don't realize it. Mm. It's weird, huh. but like mm. mesmerizing. Like you keep watching it. But like, not a lot happens. I had a I had a trip to Iceland that gave me this new view of Vikings because they kind of settled that place as their fucking mm-hmm. their fucking fortress of solitude. Like no one's gonna fuck with us here. That the Vikings would show up on shores and just like it was more of a, a a complete flying in the face of social norms. Like when someone shows up on a boat, like you'll probably shake my hand, bow at me, and like ah, oh, the Vikings would murder, kill, and rape you and that's what they would do and then it took like that happening three times and the whole world was ready for vikings and they didn't get to exist very long because you can't you can't really do that to a society twice without them being like a little prepared <laughs> and and the, just that like the vikings were a, a, the best version of a sea gang wiped out very quickly <laughs> yeah that's They're how kind I, of like a biker gang yeah yes mm. in boats yeah yeah it, that was sort of what they did yeah when i was in ireland they're uh, National Museum in Dublin had a whole thing about like Vikings. They would come and just take all our shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then some, but we'd fight them. But mostly, like here's some brooches they left because they they kept killing us. <sighs> oh, Fucking Vikings, man. Fucking Vikings. Yeah. No, it's uh, I guess if you like Vikings but really hate talking. It's like I, I, I mean I don't like it's, Vikings. It's a very weird Valhalla Rising. It's it's a strange movie, but it's like I can't say I like it or don't like it. It just sort of is. Here's the, I don't think, but any, it's so different. Then I kind of recommend it. I don't think anybody likes Vikings, but the headgear man, like it is, it is second to none in history. It's the best hat well, that's ever existed. Nah, the horned hat was not a thing though. No, that was made up later. Don't do this to me. Made up by Ari. Don't do this to me. Yes, literally yes. Hagar the Horrible, you're telling like in his yeah. pet duck, that's not real. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on to Don McKay, because we got to keep the kids interested, so why not bring up Don McKay, a movie starring <laughs> Thomas Hayden Church? Uh, Lowell, as I used to write on the internet. Yeah. Uh, no one gets that joke <laughs> anymore, but instead of saying LOL, mm-hmm. I would show a picture of Thomas Hayden Church from Wings to fit a character <laughs> named Lowell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Elizabeth Shue, uh, Melissa Leo, James Reborn, oh, HX, uh, M. Emmett Walsh, who I I thought was dead and then showed up all of a sudden and fucking knives out. Uh, Pruitt yeah. Taylor uh-huh. Vince and God bless him. Goddamn Keith David, uh, Don McKay. Yeah, Don- so this I, I could find so little on this movie, but it sounds interesting and it's like a modern noir and that like Thomas Hayden Church has to go back to his small town where it's like the girl. You know, he had a crush on Elizabeth Shue was there, and then it's like, and then I was drawn into a web of murder and deceit. Oh, I thought you were going like, to say Christmas. <laughs> and then he learns the true meaning of Christmas, which is murder and deceit. Like, uh, oh, uh, but 
whenever yeah. I see a cast like this stacked, I'm like, okay, so either they're like all friends with the writer director and this just never got much of a release, or it's a good idea that wasn't executed well. But like most of the reviews are like, eh, that's okay. I'm like, no. I'm pretty sure this one, I did not get around to seeing it, but it, it is on to like Tubi, Voodoo, Amazon. <laughs> like it's everywhere if you're interested in it. Which, if it's on Tubi, you're not interested in it. That's the nature of what's on Tubi. Um. Tubi, Voodoo, Hulu. Tubi. Tubi. Easy, easy. Oprah, Uma, Uma, Oprah. Guys, <laughs> you just turned me into a dog. I like Your Voodoo was too well, strong. You just turned me into David Letterman. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, the, that's yeah, the greatest. Okay, that's just the worst fucking title. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, why isn't it called, you know, Web of Deceit? Yeah, this, this movie <laughs> sounds know. like it's about a... Irish guy, like, <laughs> so like that sounds like he's a sportscaster. That oh, is a that's sportscaster name. Yeah, it's that's also an insurance salesman name. Is, it, by yeah. the way, has anybody been watching Brockmire? It's one of my favorite new shows, and it, they did a time jump to 2030, and he's now the king of baseball. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the greatest. I like that you've been telling me about Brockmire for three years, and every single time you say it's your favorite new show. I love it. Uh, this is the fa- my favorite show currently airing. Okay. Currently, it's not airing. new anymore, though. It's a. It's new to you if you haven't seen it yet. I'm NBC in the nineties. Uh, <laughs> the the greatest is also out. Um, not starring me in my segways, sadly, but uh, it is starring or Muhammad Ali, <laughs> Pierce yeah. Brosnan, or maybe it is Pierce or Brosnan is Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Uh, that, that's great casting. The, the only thing, the thing we really need for a Muhammad Ali movie is a, a really good white guy. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, <laughs> Carey Mulligan, and Aaron Johnson. The greatest. Uh, the greatest. It, it sounds like it's in the bedroom. Yes, like a it does. lot. Mm. It just sounds like it's in the bedroom where mm-hmm. uh, Pierce Brosnan and Susan Sarandon's like son is like with this girl, and then he dies, and she's pregnant now. But they're like very angry about how he got in a car accident and died, and yeah. It's another one where it's like every review is sort of like, eh. Um, it's like you could do worse. I'm glad yeah. In the Bedroom haunted you enough to be a reference point to people. I never hear anybody but people on Laser Time bring up In the Bedroom. Jesus, that movie's fucking yeah. weird. Um, it's good. Good movie, though. The last song um, from... Not a good movie, though. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. I really just... Blew my Nicholas Sparks load on that last one where I read the book <laughs> and watched the movie. I'm never going to do that again. So I can't talk to you about this one. <laughs> is this based on a book? Yeah, Nicholas Sparks' book. No shit. Uh, with Miley Cyrus, shit. Greg Kinnear, Liam Hensworth. Is this where they met? Uh, Kelly Preston. <laughs> I mean, where? Oh, probably. Where Miley? Yeah. Cy- I meant where Miley Cyrus met John Travolta. That's what I was talking about. Oh. Uh, not her future not- husband, Liam Hensworth. Um, Not when Greg Kinnear and Liam Hemsworth <laughs> met and started a friendship to last the ages. Which, by the way, uh, apropos of nothing, I haven't recorded a bonus time yet. We usually do one of those a week on Patreon.com slash LaserTime. Watch, rewatch Beavis and Butthead do America. I'm like, this voice actor is pretty good. I'm like, oh, that's an uncredited Greg Kinnear as uh, Robert Stack's sidekick. And that's why. Greg Kinnear is kind of a good actor. I, no one ever says oh. that about him, but we should. Uh, the we last should. song... Dear Ronnie, I hope this summer will give us a chance to reconnect. I'm the best-selling author of The Notebook. Word is you're from New York. My mom shipped me into my dad's for the summer. <laughs> best first date of my life. All right, I'll vote for Donald Trump to stop with the music. Oh, my God. 
Oh, I am nostalgic for old America too. Um, I don't. Uh, hey, here's a here's a weird question. <laughs> okay. Uh, celebrity coupling: Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth, right? Sure. All and right. It, they were together, and then they're like they're clearly apart, and she's gay now. And uh, and then they like they're like they're back together. How did you feel about that? Because I was depressed. Like, <laughs> no one should be married to someone they're engaged to in their early twenties. No, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's true. But, I mean, she grew up fast because she's been in the spotlight so long. I know, but, but it, no, that's a mistake. But it should Don't be like a comforting story. They, they before twenty five, they went through a bunch of things and then came back together. I'm like, ooh, no, that's probably really bad. You guys are clearly going through something awful. They had to rely on this old thing. Anyway, <laughs> the last what? song. They should watch High Fidelity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. That's a good story. Uh, the last song, I have nothing to say. <laughs> Sorry, this is where what I'm at. What do you want? Oh, they're going to, like, everything's going to be shot at magic hour, and they're going to have problems that aren't real problems, mm-hmm. and then they're going to fall in love and then probably be apart. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Okay. So now that I'm uh, a Tyler Perry expert, thanks to an episode of Laser Time put together yes. by Sarah and uh, T.L. Foster of P&B Podcast. I watched this movie, by the way. <gasps> did you watch the wow. first one? Okay. Did you even get it? Uh, there are definitely things that I, I I don't think I've seen the first one. Why did I get married? Because there are definitely references that I feel like I probably needed to know in order to get some things in the second one. So mm-hmm. fair warning. But yes, why did I get married too? It's not good, y'all. T-O-O. It's not good. <laughs> I, 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 well, I still kind of like the idea. Like, you mean a marriage can undergo more than one hardship? Interesting. Interesting. Well, this is not I, part of a romantic fiction. I have a huge question, though, because trying to find an ad for it, mm-hmm. I found one that was like, oh, okay, this is what I'm expecting, where it's like, it's Tyler Perry. Like, there's some hardship, but there's also mm-hmm. some laughs. And then I found the original teaser trailer, which literally says one of these couples won't make it and then it's like <laughs> someone's got a gun and i'm like dude is that is this movie like secretly about murder <sighs> i wish but I alas wish. No. Does, it, does it have a uh... because i love movies with a ton of you know people and then someone gets murdered and it's a whodunit i i would love to yeah. see a black one of those does it have a Janet jackson in it does it have a bald dude from law and order Probably. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Boondocks fans, that's for you. Um yes. but uh how did I get married to with Janet Jackson? It's it, for for some reason it's always weird to me when she speaks. Yeah. She should only <laughs> be singing. For four couples, one weekend will be the perfect chance. This is paradise. This is what we need. Margarita. Oh, Margarita. Margarita. <laughs> to reconnect. Women are different from men. Women are emotional creatures. Margarita. Recharge. You are putting me in a bad headspace, baby. And reload. A happy woman makes a happy home. I wouldn't know anything about that. (laughs) On April 2nd. I asked Marcus for the password to his cell phone. What did he say? Louis Gossett Jr., Cicely Tyson, Richard T. Jones, Sharon Leo, Lamont Rucker, Jill Scott, Tasha Smith, Michael Jai White, Malik Yoba, Janet Jackson, and Tyler Perry. I just want to be in control of the relationship. I don't want to control them. I, I would never shit on a movie with Lamont Yoga in it, but this doesn't look like <laughs> something I want to see. <laughs> I, yeah. And, uh, this is... Not good. Hey, hey, I want to hear. Here's another ethereal question for a movie none of us really want to talk about. Uh, uh, when was the last time you got together with, uh, I don't know, people of your familiar gender and talked shit about the other one? <laughs> the, another gender? I don't think I've done that in like 
15 years. Like <laughs> specifically or like men as a whole. I've got yeah. to get Does that have, still happen with ladies? Head. It doesn't happen with guys anymore. Yeah, I've done that. Okay. Just Multiple asking. times. Uh, I mean, to be fair, you people are awful. And no, no, I, no. Say that. I was going to say, first of all, not cool. <laughs> There are many specificities a, to me. I am nuanced, bitch. There uh, is a lot to complain about. Let's just put it that way. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> someone's got to Someone's got to fly this thing, Sarah, and it's men. And <laughs> yeah, you guys are doing a great job. You really are. Keep it up. You really are. I'm sorry. Everyone's sick because of a democratic hoax. Um, every, hmm. <laughs> everything that happened in Those Italy was because of MSNBC. That's I sorry, I don't ever want anyone to forget the president said that out loud. He did and didn't do anything. Anyway, uh how did I get married to is this a Why did I get married to? Why did I get married to? Janet Jackson shouldn't talk. That's what I want to get to. Because she sounds too much like her rapist brother. For mm-hmm. real. And I think the way that they talk is makes me even sadder because they're all like this because they're shitty dad. Uh mm. and it's it's all timid and quiet and makes me now really uncomfortable. That's it. Oh. Say something well, about the movie. <laughs> uh, I wish that she did sing in this movie. Mm. And a lot of Tyler Perry movies have at least one musical number because a lot of them are set in and around a church. And so there's usually someone singing something very beautifully, a gospel number or something like that. And that's none of that is in this. The first half of the movie is basically a couple's trip to the Bahamas where okay. they are all in various <laughs> – they all bought these Stella Got a Groove back packages. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they all go back to their real lives, and then everyone's marriage basically is affected by cheating. Oh. Either suspicion of cheating or actual cheating happening, and uh, it's a lot. And there's a lot of acting that's going on, <laughs> especially by Janet Jackson. Oh. But you do good. get to see her smash up her house, which is, seems to be entirely made of glass, much like <laughs> the Scream music video. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Stop Other the than that, this is not great. And also, there's some real problem attitudes <laughs> in it, too. Let's just put it that way. My husband's cheating on me with a much younger woman, but Jesus Christ exists. So, <laughs> well, so can we end the movie like, now? <laughs> uh, my husband is kind of a jerk, but he's sad because our child died. And anyways, we're going to get a divorce and I'm mad at him. So in order to get back at him, I hire a male stripper in a cake and send it to his office to embarrass him. Because oh, that's what? literally the worst thing that can happen to is, is a little bit of gay panic at the fucking yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> wonderful i it's I, not good i they I, better not be wasting that cake though i hope the whole rest <laughs> of the office gets it wasn't even a real cake it was just a cardboard cake no they got gay all over oh god damn it it was don't a even cake. Get cake after it <laughs> it's <was a> cake <laughs> and right. now what for one of the movies that makes Let's... me the maddest mm. yeah Let's, uh, I mean, there have been so many movies this episode and very few that are like worth watching at all, but they are fun to talk about. This is one of those that's, oh, that's fun to fun. talk about, but it's like, I wish great actors didn't like money so much. And I wish Sam Worthington didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because that why? dude. Because why? Every, is he, why is he a thing? Avatar. Has been sh- I know, but also still. Why? Avatar. And he's cast an avatar because he's an empty soul where a real human should be. But they're not. <laughs> yes. So you can replace him with anything. And then he got cast yeah. in all these dumbass movies. It's like it, it's like. It's like a copy of a copy of Gerard Butler. That's what Sam Ooh. Worthington is. And, <laughs> and and but then you drag along Ray Fiennes and uh, Liam Neeson and Danny Houston and Jason Hell and they had Nicholas Holt and a bunch of other fucking people and Mads Mikkelsen into Clash of the Titans again, which is, which is number again? one at the box office because people are idiots. We dare not anger the gods. Everyone I loved was killed. Someone must take a stand. You are their only hope. Already of <laughs> And this trailer has a thousand percent more dialogue than any other trailer because everything mm. is just effects, effects, effects in 3D. I fucking hate this. God damn it. Um, <sighs> but I, only because, like, this is a dumb story. And it's based on, like, an old religion and it's in this movie is a loose adaptation of that religion. It's also a loose adaptation of Clash of the Titans from 1981 featuring breakthrough visual effects by Ray Harryhausen. Sorry, I just watched yeah. Mighty Joe and Young and nothing when, else. And, and no, the rest of the movie is terrible. Yeah, it's but not the effects are it, it's awesome. not a great movie, but it was like such a good thing. Like I would guess watch on TV when you're over 50 now or if you're really high and you're me. But like th- <laughs> this movie is like. So fucking terrible, and and I I meant to look it up, but I encourage you to find it. This was one of the examples. We are also in the middle of the 3D craze. So this movie retroactively converts itself to 3D. The reviews of the 3D of this movie are hilarious and vicious. Like, (laughs) why is this guy's hair floating five inches above his face? Like, like, why is this happening? Uh, Everything about this movie is panned, and everybody went anyway. Uh, just because, like, there's a huge market for the sandals and loincloth genre left over from fucking Gladiator. I don't get it. I, I never yeah, got it. It's just, I think it's, you know, it's an epic. It's going to have, like, huge fights and huge effects and huge stuff and a Kraken and all kinds of, you know, it's just crazy action. It's just nonstop crazy action. And it, it's just so cobbled together from 18 other movies. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's got. Like, he's the special one who gets the special sword. It is a fucking lightsaber. (laughs) I am not joking. It is a hilt, and then, like, he wills it to be, and it becomes a fucking lightsaber. You know know what it does have? It's based on a pre-existing IP that people are aware of. This, uh, like, okay, this is a high thought, and I'm not high. Okay. This is the Mm -hmm. best title of all time. Yeah, the best title. title. And anytime these words are interspersed in anything else, it makes it seem cliche because, like, you're just trying mm-hmm. to ride the vibe of Clash of the Titans. But Clash of the Titans is the coolest title that's ever existed, and it's a thing that already exists. So people are previ- like previously aware of it, whether they've seen the original movie or not. And I think that's why you make it because I don't know. Like th- the sequel got treated like this movie should have Wrath of the mm-hmm. Titans. I fucking hate this movie, and I hate people mm-hmm. who like it. So- it's. <laughs> Okay. I guess, like, if you just want to watch something brainless with big dumb action, you can do a lot worse than this. You sure? It is brainless, big dumb action. That's that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not especially. It's like it's it's just 
it's just bad. Like it could never be more than a C plus movie, you know, because it's just big dumb action, you know, like a Transformers movie or something. Easy. Except <laughs> Bumblebee. It is weird that you have like you know really good actors in it, just because. Oh my god, I could feel. I felt part of my soul die seeing Ray Fiennes and Liam Neeson share a scene. Right. Mm. I, and just think, we are so far from Schindler's List, you motherfuckers. Mm. Wow, yeah. Like, like Ray Fiennes what is like on, on a military level. He's like your white phosphorus. You rarely use him unless you really need him. And then at, <laughs> at, at, at this point, I don't think they were making movies that he can be in. So he has to be in every piece of fucking garbage. He was. Yeah. You and, use Ray Fiennes very, just, very sparely, like fucking sea salt. Ray finds it just a little bit will do you, and like that motherfucker's in everything now. It's weird. <sighs> I confuse okay. him with Daniel Day say... Lewis a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I actually I have one nice thing I will say about this because yeah. okay. I never saw it in in the upres 3D or anything like that. I got no time for that thing. There's there's a point where they're going like to the underworld that they filmed in the slate quarry in Wales, which I guess they'd also used in Willow and in Street Fighter. I don't remember it in Street Fighter at all, but. It's like as a representation of like the gateway to the underworld. It was actually like really good. Mm-hmm. It's like this is a different version. It's really is like well, this is the death of all happiness. This <laughs> giant slate quarry. Oh, like, lava. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's shot in pretty places. It's, you know, they're shot in like Tenerife and stuff. Mm-hmm. But there, like, I like to try to find one nice thing I can say because very few movies are completely irredeemable. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think there, um, there were way more bad. Though. There were it's way cool. more bad movies back then, and this to me is like that prime example of like everything I hated about movies ten years ago. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I I really didn't like this at all. Yeah, and, no, and, it's and I'm the I'm the guy good. who will watch Clash of the Titans, the original, and, and like it's not good, but like man, I love fucking skeletons. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, goddamn, I do too. Oh, just watch Coco again made me really happy. But uh, it's just, yeah, it's the kind of thing where it's like you're really hungover on a Sunday and this happens to be on. Yeah, I could see sitting there and just not moving. It's like, I don't even want to move to get the remote. I will just be here for some time while noises happen. Fine. Perfect. Yeah, perfect for that. I just I like like we always say, I hate a bad, boring movie. And like Mm -hmm. this is this to me was fucking boring boring mm-hmm. so bo- like loud and boring like i just I, I, yeah. anyway anyway i don't want to sh- I, I hate I, if, if it's not clear i do i don't like talking shit about movies i like liking things <laughs> uh and i wish i would have seen law and order svu where we finally got william atherton uh, of this man has no dick fame of ghostbusters <laughs> as a person by the way that guy's playing a member of the epa telling the ghostbusters their shit isn't safe he was right and he's right <laughs> he was right there's a nuclear reactor a in a fire station you guys need to shut this shit down uh but now he's playing a serial killer we all get to hate him as much as we did in real genius and video games of 2010 march 27th through april 2nd uh again we'll go way more into depth on this on uh patreon.com slash laser time with video game apocalypse michael Rapares and maddie Alan, we have you might have met me ten years ago at the first ever PAX East in Boston, my favorite game convention. Uh, the West Coast or the East, the West Coast has all the good conventions. I just love the East Coast having a real big one before New York Comic Con got its shit together. Love it. WarioWare DIY. WarioWare is one of my favorite series. This led me to believe I was own stuff a la Little Big Planet. It turns out you'll find out in the episode. 
from Michael, that's not the case. There's a bunch of good stuff on here, and maybe we all ignored it for no reason. Mega Man 10 was the last retro throwback after Mega Man 9 and 10 decided to be NES games. And if you miss Prison Break, you have Prison Break the Conspiracy on your major platforms to play. And, of course, Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball for the ladies. Dead or Alive, <laughs> Dead or Alive Paradise. Beach Volleyball. Yeah, yeah. This the one, theme. hey, if you win, you can ogle the winner uh, to your heart's content, wiggle our stuff around, and move the camera anyway. Uh, <laughs> you can do that with the side-out game. That's really disappointing. <laughs> yeah. You wish there was a side-out game. Uh, again, thank Shave you guys so much. see Thomas Howell around. I want to thank our executive <laughs> producers like uh, Jason Walsh and everyone else at patreon.com slash leisure time. We're as low as five bucks. We'll give you as much stuff as we can, uh, especially in, more so, hopefully, during whatever you want to call this lovely little pandemic of ours. Uh, I feel a personal responsibility to make people not think about their shit. <laughs> if you can start supporting us at the $5 level, we encourage you to. We have a games episode that's all about the games of 30-2010, everything celebrating a 10, 20, uh, and 30-year anniversary. New series, Sick of Star Wars, starting with a really epic look at Phantom Menace. We're, we're splitting it up just a little bit just because it is a very long episode because I started out with a look at the world of Star Wars and the 16 years in between Jedi and Phantom Menace. And it's a little so, weird. So three hours on uh, Ewok's Caravan of Courage, right? It's 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 a yeah, like it's a little like but again, like as a little kid, like I never hated the Ewoks. That's not that's not me. I, I am not Dante and Randall from Clerks. Ewoks always bring me pleasant memories <laughs> mm-hmm. but that was the that was the major the majority representation of star wars in this period was ewoks in the yeah. car in cartoon and live action form uh and mostly action figure form and if you're a pc game player video game form and we'll have bonus episodes about uh on sick of star wars about little bits of star wars minutia as well so it's more than just nine episodes uh, that's an addition to Elm Street Nightmare. That's an addition to bonus time in our coronavirus spectacular about how this is affecting all of us, us personally, as well as the entertainment industry, which I think is really interesting. This might change forever certain ways we consume stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And we're going I've to talk thinking, about I that. I mean, Sam and I, I think, have talked to it before about how we are consumers of trashy reality television. Mm-hmm. And there are seasons of reality television that are being filmed now that are stopping because yeah. they're not going to be able to film. I mean, when when you have a whole franchise, a multi-franchise show based on women screaming in each other's faces and throwing glasses of wine at each other, <laughs> and they can't get together to do that anymore, I don't know what's going to happen to Bravo, basically. And, and, and this is a, a, a light, Honestly, a light, I'm really worried about Bravo, y'all. This is a light and spoiler. And Cohen, who apparently tested positive. Did oh, he shit. really? Yeah. And, and this is a light spoiler. He got a test? <laughs> he found there a test? Are you shocked? When the president says things that aren't true about the virus and you don't know if you can trust him in, like even people who like him don't know that they can trust what he says about the virus. AMC movie theaters always said the advice we were given was to close down until May. AMC is not releasing new movies until May. Period. Mm. Period. And we're not even in April yet. So I, I think that's a, a, an interesting barometer. Uh, the, the the place that's most likely to congregate the most amount of people will not open until at least early May. And everything has been pushed. And we wanted to yep. do a show about how, like, that's going to change things for us. I didn't know Trolls 2 World Tour might be the straw that broke the camel's back with the studios and the theater distributors. Mm. But we'll talk about that on well, patreon.com slash time. I think a lot of us are going to get to find out that our jobs can be done at home and in the mm-hmm. future we're going to get to. 
So I think office space is going to be really cheap soon because everyone's going to downsize. And I want to talk as someone who works has been working from home for six years. I am not as affected personally as a lot of other people are. And I romanticize being around people all the time and being able to collaborate and bounce ideas off of like, I hate this headline. Can I just turn to someone and, hey, what do you think of? Like, uh, what do you think about this? Did I use ass too much in this? Um, like, <laughs> like I, it's it's different. It's different putting that in a text message and like, look at this. And whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah. uh, I think it's a oh, luxury you, we'll miss. <laughs> you and I have both worked from home for like six, seven years. We have been training for this. We are yeah. the pros. I go out once a week anyway. Yeah, I'm watching my housemates sort of go nuts. I'm like, yeah, this is what it's like. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Yeah, but I, when I think about like how did people do this back before the internet? I said, yeah, you get stir crazy, you know, go uh, FaceTime with somebody. If you want to hear a movie co- full length movie commentary uh, for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with myself, Brett Elston, Dave Rudden, uh, and more, uh, we did that. We love this movie, and uh, you can you can get that for free, and as well as a hundred other movie commentaries by being a patron at patreon.com slash laser time or if you just want to buy a la carte we have star wars all the star wars movies commentaries and tmnt and fucking street fighter on uh, bandcamp.com slash laser time that's it for me diana where can people find d they can find me on twitter at listen a nerd l-e-c-i-n-e-n-e-r-d or follow the podcast at 302010 podcast 302010 podcast and with that out of the way we got to talk about who be dead and who is alive for the first time. Uh, right. <laughs> for the first time. Who's dead during this Who's period dead? 30, 20, and 10 years ago? Well, in 2000, we lost punk new wave singer Ian Drury, who was 57. Mm. Uh, he's better known in the UK. But uh, then in 2010, we lost John Forsyth, who was a, like a hey, it's that guy for like a thousand years. He was mm-hmm. 92 because it was a thousand years. Like he was on Dynasty and he's in the terrible Anne Margaret movie Kitten with the Whip, which was on <laughs> Mr. <MST>. <laughs> Theater. Uh, he was Charlie on Charlie's Angels that you never saw. Damn. He had been in every Like Alfred Hitchcock presents. He was in a bunch of those. Like he had been around. I love that. I, I, I've said that before. Alfred Hitchcock's presents. Uh, Twilight Zone was we didn't have sci-fi channels so we t- Twilight Zone was hidden from me. I discovered anthology sh- shows through Alfred Hitchcock's presents. Good evening. Yeah. <laughs> and those are a lot of fun too cuz I mean it's it's less sci-fi, you know, what a twist and more like hey, you want a murder mystery? Hey, here's a murder mystery. Yeah, and and those people are the only reason Psycho got made. So when you see yep. Psycho, that feels a lot more like what I was used to. Um, and also how Steven Spielberg got started. Mhm. Yep. Mhm. Important show. Then, anyway. Yes. Now that we got the deaths done, you want to talk about birthdays? I do. Yeah. Bye-bye. Birthdays! Oh, birthday is a doodly-doo. A ding-dong doodly-doodly-ding-dong-doo. Oh, birthday! Must beat Sarah. Must beat Sarah. Okay. Mm. This, uh... It's a birthday I thought quiz. about whether I should do this, because I think one of you might have an unfair advantage. I could not not do this. Okay. Born April 1st, 1920. <laughs> this is a joke. It's April 1st. No. no, it is April 1st, but celebrating his 100th birthday, except that he died in 1997 at the age of 77. Mm. So it's a dead person, but it's his centenary. So I am marking it. Right. 97. Is it James Stewart? No. But I, he did die in 97, though, didn't he? I think so. I, I know Jim Carrey played him right. in 1995 as an old man. Like, I think you're right. Mm. But James Stewart was not born in Japanese-occupied Qingdao, China. 
Holy shit. What? He was drafted into the Imperial Japanese Army, which he hated, even though he never saw combat. Whoa. After the war, his friend took him to an audition, and he didn't want to go, but then he got signed, and his friend didn't, because he looked intense. Oh, my God. Is this someone from a Kurosawa movie? Well, he made 150 movies, including 16 with Kurosawa. Fuck oh. me. I'm at a loss for his name, and I can't Google things so that About- I <laughs> 1941, Shogun Grand Prix, uh, The Western Red Sun, Hell in the Pacific, one of my favorite titles. <laughs> Another great title, The Bad Sleep Well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is actually a version of Hamlet. It's really good. And I did not recognize him in it because I'm so used to him having a beard and like waving swords at people. Fuck! God damn it! Oh, why can't I look this up? <laughs> Hidden Fortress, Throne of Blood, Seven I, I, Samurai. I know it. I, uh, Yo, Jimbo. I want to see him in his underwear. Uh, like, can I see Constantly. Him in his you underwear? always saw him in his underwear. Uh, God or slashing motherfuckers. Just tell me his name. I know who it is. I know you're picturing him right now. I know. I his don't... name is Toshiro Mifune. Toshiro Mifune. Right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, uh, I, I know it's hard to remember. No, so I got that right, and Sarah didn't. I'm one of the most famous Japanese actors of all time, with good reason, because he was so fucking intense. Yeah. He's the Han Solo in the Hidden Fortress, and he is so badass. Yeah, those hmm. like again, those movies. I discovered them very, very late. Like all of the black and white Kurosawa stuff's wonderful. Yeah, even uh, the color stuff. Ron is incredible. Yeah. But this, I mean, really, this is your actual classic corner assignment: is to go watch. A Kurosawa Toshiro Mifune movie. Throne of Blood is a version of Macbeth that has incredible stunts at the end. They shoot real arrows at him. And, and, and real uh, fucking arrows. As a future laser time subject, I have floated this to you and I'm gonna I'm gonna put us all on the spot. Like um you have time to watch things now, most of you. Yeah. More than yeah. you ever thought before. And the notion occurred to me, like, what is the movie you like the most from before you're born? And mm. not to put everybody in the spot, we want to do it eventually, but like, uh, I want to do a laser time about that. Cause that's, that's, that's for eighties kids. It's a little different for nineties mm. kids. It'll be even more different, but like, wh- mm. what's a movie that really appealed to you before you were born that was made in, about a world how that you couldn't have possibly understood. Um, well, it's a great thinking exercise too, because usually those movies are brought to you by in some special way like a loved one showed that movie to yeah. you or you know you or disney is great at marketing <laughs> yeah uh, yeah yes but like or or you discovered it on cable one day it's it's like mm-hmm, it's something yeah. most people don't seek out things made before they were born but they do eventually get to you and those stories i feel like could be interesting so it's a thought mm-hmm. exercise i'm putting out there for people but also to encourage you to like Dude, entertain any curiosity. I was, I, I get upset. I, uh, Ray Harryhausen is someone I've watched like I think three documentaries about, and it's it's what brought me to seeing like Jason the Argonauts and Class of the Titans, and I watched the original Mighty Joe Young because that's the first mm-hmm. with Willis O'Brien, the guy who created the King Kong effects, using Ray Harryhausen as a those effects in my, the original Mighty Joe Young are the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. They are fucking rad. They're at no point in King Kong does anybody, any human being that's not a puppet do anything with the model. But Ray Harryhausen figured it out. Like Mighty Joe Young's going to pull on a rope and we're going to have 12 bodybuilders holding a rope on a forced perspective screen. It looks crazy. And it looks more real than anything we have now. <laughs> it, like, it, like I love that shit. Like going back and... Um, yeah, watching things you've heard about before you were born. Uh, I'm not going to say why, but I just watched it happen one night. 
Ooh, I, yeah, good I, one. Hmm. I just watched the Sunshine Boys, like TCM, hey, if you wow. have access to it. All right. Uh, I, I'm watching uh, a bunch of stuff like that's been in the backlog of my brain. I think this is a good time to do that when we can't talk to human beings learn how we became human beings <laughs> through our old Good dated point. and racist entertainment yeah it, it, I'm, it, there are silver linings for the weirdest thing we've ever gone through as a worldwide culture and that should be one of them uh like discover something uh i know yeah. the tiger man is really interesting on netflix and it really oh, is yeah. and it- <laughs> I, I'm I'm halfway through it, and every single episode, you're like, "Oh, this fucker's crazy," and then you get to know someone else, and you're like, "Oh, that guy seems okay." Oh no, no they're no, crazy no. too. He's, he's he's crazier. Oh, I think it. No, that guy seems a little crazy, and oh my god, he's way crazy. But you have yeah. time, and there were more interesting things created before Netflix TV shows, and 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 encourage your, like just encourage yourself to seek out something like that. And I think it's a good question to pose: What is your favorite movie from before you were born, and why? And, and and not only the why, but like in terms of how we do podcasts, like how did you see it? Uh, hmm. It's a, it's a little like you know we, we all deal with like streaming services, and unless it's a huge movie, they're not apt to show you they bought this or even like option it to begin with. Yeah. These are always interesting actually, stories. I was actually working on a project to see how how hard is it? Can you stream all one hundred movies from the AFI Top One Hundred list? Oh wow! And turns out you can. But some of them are harder to get. So obviously Disney has some stuff locked up. So Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Now they own 20th Century Fox, so they've locked up Sound of Music, Star Wars. Mm. You can't get those. I only found one you cannot rent. You have to buy, but it's only seven bucks. Mm. For some reason, that's Nashville, uh, which is my no favorite shit. movie. Huh. Yeah. Your favorite? But is that the sequel to The Last Picture Show? That's not Robert Altman. Oh, what am I thinking of? That's, Texasville. That's- Taxisville, that's what I was thinking of. That was what I called. No, Nashville, really good. Total recommend. But you got to plunk down seven bucks to own it if you want to stream it. But the rest of them, they're all streaming, and some of them are on things you're already subscribed to. So make that a project. Like, learn about film history and just fucking do it. Yeah. All right. You're here. You're listening. If you're listening to especially this, (laughs) this part of the show, (laughs) you care a lot about movies. And um, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, do it. Do it. This is, it's the one, it like find yourself little moment, like pieces of momentary grace in this awful situation. And that should be yep. one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. What are we closing out with, Ty? Well, it debuted last week and I was sad we didn't get around to playing it. So I would like to play The Humpty Dance by Digital we, Underground, we need which it. ties into Star Wars because before, <laughs> and here's why, before Cracked, on Pointless Waste of Time, I'm blanking on who it was. It might have been Sean Baby. It was someone else. Had a really good review of Attack of the Clones, where it, as you were reading the review, it turned out more and more that, oh, he didn't listen to the movie. He just, he goes to the movies with his Walkman, playing the Humpty Dance over and over, and then laughing whenever it looks like someone's saying lyrics. <laughs> So whenever I think of the Humpty Dance, I think of Attack of the Clones can, and vice versa. I can totally see Watto saying, I like my oatmeal lumpy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I I actually ended up doing this with my husband. And there was one point where Obi-Wan looked very serious and pointed so he could say, Samoans. <laughs> do the hump to hump. Uh, do the hump to hump. All the rappers in the top ten, I'd like to bump the... 
but thank God we'll close out with the Humpty Dance because uh, there's there's still wonderful things in this little universe of ours. Stay safe uh, and 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 I don't know. Also told you that I like to bite. Well, yeah, I guess it's obvious. I also like to write. All you had to do was give Humpty a chance, and now I'm gonna do my dance. The Humpty Dance is your chance to do.